Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Damn right. And today is our Halloween special. Ow! And what better way to start than with the alternate intro for the Halloween special? Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Just crawl in the search of blood to terrorise yours neighbourhood. And whoever shall be found without the soul for getting down. Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. And grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to share your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil thriller. <laughs> Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. Happy Halloween. That was, of course, Thriller by Michael Jackson and Vincent Price. And let's get started now because the Halloween special last year, we did scariest matches and moments. But now we're going to focus on the Halloween Havoc. And what Halloween Havoc are we watching today, Dan? We are watching Halloween Havoc 1997. So 20 years ago. And it is October the 26th, 1997. From the MGM Grand Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. And what a night it's going to be. We've got a huge night. We've been promoting this a lot this year because we've been doing WWE versus WWE, watching a lot of Nitros and Raws against each other. Last time we did this was in September, of course. Who can forget the Raw Nitro that we watched? Because on Nitro we had Goldberg's debut. And, of course, on Monday Night Raw we had Austin Stullering. Uh, Vincent Mann for the first time, but move over. We move on to October. Like I said, twenty years ago in the WWF at this point in time, or October fifth to be precise, the, the Hell in a Cell match was first introduced at the In Your House Bad Blood at the Kill Center in Saint Louis, Missouri, and it featured John Taker and Shawn Michaels. A match we have watched in episode seventeen. In that match, the door was unlocked to allow the removal of an injured cameraman. This led to Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker fighting outside a cell. Eventually, climbing the structure and fighting on top of the cell. The fighting taking place outside of the cell led to the first fall from the cell when Shawn Michaels, hanging from the edge of the structure, had his hands stepped on by the Undertaker and fell from the cage, crashing into the table below. Also in that match, the goal of no interference was not achieved when the Undertaker's younger brother Kane made his debut, ripping the door off the cage giving a tombstone pile driver to The Undertaker, allowing Michaels to crawl and pin The Undertaker. In what is one of the greatest matches of all time. And interestingly, say that we've been keeping tabs of the best matches of 1997, and that was ranked the number two on the list. It's great. But tonight at Halloween Havoc, we're going to be watching what these number six on the list as well. But like I said, Las Vegas, Nevada, we are live 20 years ago. Commentators with Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rose, and Bobby Heenan. Rest uh, in peace, you great legends of commentators in the big sky. Tony Schiavone. Uh, <laughs> still going. Like tonight, we've got Piper versus Hogan. Two legends, nay, gods in the main event. Of course, Savage versus DDP. A feud you've been following closely throughout the majority of 1997, isn't it? Uh, most definitely, yeah. And I hear a rumour. Rumour, has it. That you've got the last pit to fill up the feud as well later on, Dan. I have indeed. So now we can look forward to that. Let's start the show. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome to my world. Every night is Halloween. There's no way out. WCW shall rest in peace. Step to the madness. Slim Jim presents WCW's Halloween Havoc. Well, we saw the opening prime, mate. Dan, what did you think? Um, well, it's literally all about Hogan versus Piper. Um, that's all they're talking about, basically, for the intro. You know, it's going to shoots that each of them's done on the other, and it's, you know, Eric Bischoff by Hogan's side, and they're just both t- talking about how they're going to take the other down. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, and I don't think uh, WWE had the greatest intro videos or hype videos as it was. Uh, compared to the WWF, you know, I think they, they were on spot on the dumb stuff. I think WWE lacked behind. One thing they don't lack behind, we see the setting, the Halloween Havoc, and uh, it looked really nice to begin with, didn't it, you know? Yeah, it did, yeah. And a lot of skulls, with graveyards there as well. And WWE did that, I think, a little bit more than the, uh, <coughs> than the WWF did at this time. Yeah, so what matches are you most looking forward to, Dan? Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to young Chris Jericho, in it. And of course, the cruiserweight title match, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. I think, you know, going on by their late, later thoughts in WWE, I think this is going to be a, an implosive matchup as well. Yeah, I mean, they've been uh, feuding the majority of Night Night 7, much like Man Randy Savage and DDP, uh, who are going to have, hopefully, the end of it all here tonight. And of course, we talked about Hogan Sting. Don't forget Ric Flair versus Kurt Henning as well. We saw what Kurt Henning did to Ric Flair's robes, ripping the sleeves off. Ric Flair looking to get retribution here tonight. And it's quite nice because we're very familiar with Night Night 7 right now because we've been watching it all year, haven't we? Really? Uh, you know? Most definitely, yeah. If you look back and now we're going to get started and the first match is... Uh, yeah, Yuji Nagata versus Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, Ultimo Dragon, a man we have seen live. But it's not about us. And you see the entrance, the grave, uh, the tombstones, the way it's set up. I quite like it. And we keep a note on the settings, the roster... Uh, the matches, the promos, and of course the overall. As we see fireworks here, and Sonny Ono coming out Is with. Is he taking a selfie? Yeah, it looks like On he a was. disposable camera. He was ahead of his time 20 years ago. And this could be interesting. Like we say, I enjoy going back in time and watching these events because you can take the mickey out of them. But obviously, you know, at the time, NWO were running wild and we had Sting in the rafters. So any chance here tonight, we might see him. But we start with Nagata versus Dragon. And the dragon wants to get his hands into Sonny Ono, the manager of Nagata. Or is it Claws? Oh, uh, Ono is the old manager of Dragon and he screwed him over for Nagata. Uh, this feud has gone on for way too long and no one really wants to see it, but they kept pushing it anyway. Where have we ever heard that before? <laughs> well, it happens nowadays anyway, so, you know, it's, it's uh, times don't really change. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot about the Ultimo Dragon, of course, come up with the... Uh, Asai Moonstock, Asai's real name. Lots of accomplishments, but you're the fountain of knowledge when it comes to unknowns. And I don't know a lot about Yuji Nagata. Can you tell me a little bit more? Well, I've been practicing my Japanese. <laughs> and, uh, a two time IWGP heavyweight champion, world heavyweight champion, and a GHC heavyweight champion. He is the fourth longest reigning IWGP heavyweight champion with a reign of 392 days. He held the record for most successful title defences with 10 until Hiroshi Tanahashi broke the record at Wrestle Kingdom 6. Wow. He's the only wrestler to have won Japanese professional wrestling's three tournaments 
NJPW's G1 Climax, All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival and Pro Wrestling Noah's Global League Tournament. Um, he joined WCW in February to feud with the Dragon. He left in 1998. Now, as we see, the match has started and he only going both men exchanging the kicks. But at the moment, it's just a move for move kind of thing, showing who's better. And I think the Dragon looking a little bit quicker here than Nagata. He's looking a bit... We saw him as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. And he just got slammed down. And Nagata, very impressive resume you just read out. And hopefully... Um, Is that a young Charles Robinson? We... <laughs> I, I, I spy <laughs> refereeing the match. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll check out Robinson's uh, ability as well. And it'd be nice compared to cruiserweights, because that's what Dragon is. A Jack Gallagher headstand in the corner from Ultimo Dragon. And now Dragon with his beautiful kicks. Of course, he's called the Dragon because he loved Bruce so much. Enter the Dragon. And they were told that Dragon actually got trained by him before his untimely death. You know, believe what you will, but I think that's quite a cool story. Mike Tanay has joined the commentary team because he's the voice of the cruiserweights and he gives out the facts. He's still doing it now, 20 years later. Fair play to him. Out of all four, the commentator team, he is still working. And the gutter's trying to slow this down. Robinson does look quite well there, doesn't he? He does. I don't think he's aged a day, though. You look at him now, and he still looks exactly the same. Just uh, more Ric Flair-like hair. Woo! And the gutter ripping the mask of Dragon. And the fans still finding their seats here in Las Vegas. And the gutter going to try Irish ripping a Dragon. Oh, but Dragon flips over his back but gets caught in a side headlock. Powers his way out there with a lovely suplex. What do you think? We'd, you mentioned it earlier in the promo with the big Slim Jim, Slim Jim uh, advertising thing. The ring here. Do you think it's too much or do you think... Yeah. I've I, I got a feeling WWE getting that way now, though. You know, uh, They are, yeah. But, you know, again, you can say it's the same with football. I see they've got advertising on football shirt sleeves nowadays. It's interesting. I was watching the Everton game last week. and I was Angry Birds. Yeah, I thought, Angry Birds? What is that there for? Yeah. Of course, dubbing our podcast T-shirts we're wearing have got um, a little uh, thing on advertising on little the side. Atlas Partners, my firm, <laughs> and we got Zen Bearings on the other. For... They pay us handsomely to represent the companies if you want to pay us handsomely to represent your companies on our podcast you can do so by getting in touch with james on the uh email addresses that he reads exactly. out after the show on our podcast at gmail.com the car hello back to the match just slam dragon down seated pole driver there and goes for the cover but oh my dragon managing to kick out uh, our first of hopefully many tonight and the guy are trying to power dragon over Dragon tried to reverse it, but Nagata's just too powerful for his much smaller competitor. But again, oh, only a one count there. One. Ah, ah, ah. Going to the side headlock, and like we talked about, Ono turning his back on Dragon and siding with Nagata. He might get involved in this match here, we don't know. Look, he's cheering on at the moment. Sonny Ono, who's a good manager? So I like Sonny Ono, because yeah. he... he uh, Sonny Ono. I, I do, briefly, you know. He, he's not one of the standout people when you mention managers but you know he, he certainly was a, an interesting force in people's corners well the thing i liked about him as well is he tried to sue the wcw by saying they said to him look be a little bit more japanese you know start you know, oh rubbery <laughs> you know start, you start to... some big buck teeth <laughs> yeah exactly and slant your eyes a bit more <laughs> yeah your eyes aren't slanted. well Make wwe up. got there with uh, mr fuji of course exactly. <laughs> he couldn't be more japanese <laughs> Uh, anyway, Dragon's mounting some sort of comeback in this now. Well, a leg whip followed by some uh, brutal kicks to the back <laughs> of Nagata. And now Dragon's, oh, went diving over the top, but Nagata caught him with a huge kick to the midsection. Oh, Raven's flock coming through the crowd. 
What the fuck? There's Raven, Perry Saturn, Giddy Kidman, Jared Ed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Dragon's back on the apron. Springboard moonsault off the second rope, takes down the garter. That's what he's known for, like I said, the Asahi moonsault, named after him. Nobody hits it better than the Dragon. And now both men down on the outside. Ten. <laughs> well, ref Charles Robson got up to seven there, but Dragon drags Yuji back in. Irish whip. Looking oh. for a handspring back elbow there, but gets caught with a kick. And Nagata looking to to deposit Ultimo Dragon onto the top rope. Is he going to go for a superplex? Oh, Dragon's in serious trouble, but he's holding on there. He's holding on for dear life. Manages to fight his bigger competitor away. Well, he's off the Slim Jing ring post now. And Sunset <laughs> flip. Powerbomb. One, two. Oh. oh, but Nagata managing to kick out. Oh. See, again, this is... Not what you wouldn't... This is exactly what you'd see nowadays. Yeah. Really ahead of its time 20 years before. You make an excellent point, And this is what the WSW uh, on the card was doing. Is dragging off the top rope. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. oh. But again, the guards are managing to kick out. Uh, yeah, you could watch this on 205 Live and you'd, you'd be like, yeah. oh, you know, it's is a really good match. The only complaint I would have is that Nagata looks like he's a bit over 205. <laughs> yeah, he does. Just a little bit. Just a, just a tad. But I think this is this is more about Ultimo Dragon than it is about Nagata. I mean, you know, aside from a couple of side headlocks and slowing down moves and big hits, Nagata's not really done much to impress me. It's all been Dragon. Yeah, I completely agree. But, oh, just as we say that, Dragon looking to put Nagata up the top rope. He changed the momentum there, brought Dragon's arm down. One might argue that it's Ultimo against Drew Gulak, Captain <laughs> Underpants. <laughs> You know, slightly larger. He's taking it down to the mat with his more mat-based offense as he goes for some brutal kicks to the back of Dragon. I know, he's going to work the arm. And like said, yeah, but let's not forget, Nagata becoming one of the longest reigning uh, champions in Japanese history, you know. So he went on to find success. He's no uh, slouch in the ring. They like to talk about with Dragon. Such a colorful outfit. People think Mysterio started it all, but Dragon here is basically doing that right now, isn't he, you know? Oh, most definitely, yeah. But again, you know, you can definitely tell who the face and who the heel is yeah. in this match. And it, and it works well as Ono's cheering on Nagata now, and he seems to got the submission in. Looks like a, a version of the leg. And Dragon's in serious trouble, but managing to get to that bottom rope. Nagata breaking the... Well, Nagata having to break the hold. And now he's going to look to put Dragon away. Gets him up on his shoulders, but backslide from Ultimo. Oh, got, got the dragon sleeper locked in. <laughs> oh, Nagata, man. I don't think Dragon had it on properly when he came down. And I, I think he had Nagata. a bit of a jawbuster there. And follows it up with an elbow to the back of the head. Nagata with Dragon on the ground. Yeah, exchanging blows. I think Dragon got the uh, upper hand and he goes for his lovely flurry of kicks there. <laughs> taking Nagata down, but I think he's injured that elbow too much. But that doesn't stop him doing a moonsault. Or a, or a himsault, should I say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> But he's setting the garter up on the top rope. Try to go for this earlier. Got caught. He's signaling the end. Oh! Oh! Flips him off with a lovely hurricane runner. Well, he couldn't get all of it due to that elbow. It doesn't look like he's going to go for the pin. He wants to finish him. With the him sleeper. But the thing is, the elbow, the alarm. Oh, and he taps out oh. immediately. God. Oh, well, the guy there gets a good win. But Dragon, he literally did tap out soon. Oh, he's on the canvas there. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether it was a play, but... That arm was definitely injured, and the garter's just targeting it after the match. Oh, my God, this is assault now, and Dragon. Oh, and the garter's holding the arm for Sonny Ono to 
That's <laughs> a uh, brutal front kick there. And now he uh, taunts into the camera, Nagata. And he gives him a gift certificate for winning the match. Well, fair play. Nagata, I think, deserved that. Dan, what do you think of the match? Uh, it was a very good match, yeah, you know. Uh, Ultima Dragon, I think he was uh, he was doing brilliantly throughout the match. He had a lot of the offence, you know. I can't really rate Nagata, as I didn't really see him do too much. He managed to finish him off when it mattered. You know, it was all Ultima Dragon. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's a great way to start the show, though. Like I said, it really holds up 20 years later. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, missed today. And I think, yeah, Dragon was definitely the star. I think because of that, they're trying to build Ono up as, like, the kind of heel and have Nagata there. But as we said, he left in 1998, so it wouldn't last for long, would it? <laughs> you know? I think he was only here just to feud with Dragon, and then that was it. But we do move on, and... Well, the show must go on, and we are... Uh... On WCWWrestling.com, Disco Inferno is there with Mark Madden. Disco runs his mouth about facing Jacqueline, the woman tonight. He talks about Jacqueline, and Jacqueline shows up, pointing a finger at Disco. Disco should be scared. Don't forget Jacqueline made the WNL Top 25 women. Just looking to see where she finished. She goes after Disco Inferno, of course, Hall of Famer. She got 16th on the list, which is not bad considering they Top 25 women of all time. But we move on to our next match, which is... Gado versus Chris Jericho. Oh, and this is a bonus match. And Gado has blonde hair and is in dark yellow cut-off shirt and pants. But, Dan, again, not sure about Gado. As we see Stevie Richards and Ravens flock with a sign. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> oh, of course it is. And, Halloween. um, well... A bit about Gado. He's a IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. He won that four times with Jado. He toured North America, appearing at the '97 WCW Halloween Havoc show, wrestling Chris Jericho. During the Halloween Havoc show, Mike Tanay called Gado the Dusty Roads of Japan. What? His, he further said that Gado was a fan of the 1970s US Southern style brawling. My God! So he's getting compared to and and Jado and. Uh... Gado, or one of the most kind of, uh, I don't want to compare him to anybody now, seeing as he just got compared to Dusty Rhodes, but one of the biggest tag teams in Japan uh, that were there. Uh, but to be compared to Dusty Rhodes, he's got a lot to live up to. Is this, well, this is the first time I can remember seeing Gado uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, most definitely, yes, but it's certainly not the first time we've seen the first ever unified heavyweight champion of the world, Chris Jericho. I was about to say, who is young Chris Jericho? But you just explained it. And then we're going to get a start here. Because Jericho hasn't found, haven't hit his stride yet in WCW. He was still playing that kind of face character. Wouldn't be tonight yet where you got that kind of really annoying uh, Chris Jericho that we all know and love. But I, enough- I still love, I think, his debut in WWE is probably one of the best. Yes. Like the presentations of it, the way they built it up, you know, the... Y2J is coming or, you know, yeah, the that, Millennium that whole Man. build up, yeah, I yeah. think who, that was brilliant. Who would it be? And it was Jericho and uh, he's, he's done well, hasn't he? But Gado, <laughs> I think he's taking this Slim Jim uh, promotion to another level. He has, has <laughs> does actually look like a Slim Jim. <laughs> he's gone out here just with a full-size Slim Jim. Gets Chris Jericho. But it's interesting to see Jericho, uh, like I said, 20 years ago. He's already been in ECW at this point. Of course, finding his feet here. Be interesting to see uh, how good he is, you know, especially against this. We've already seen Drag, oh, my Dragon in action now, Chris Jericho. So we've not seen an American wrestle yet. <laughs> no, no. Damn you! And we you. won't next either. No. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. 
Fucking hell. This is an American pay-per-view, God damn. Alex Wright is European as well, but Steve McMichael, I hate Steve McMichael. He's the first American representative, but Jericho going toe-to-toe with the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship holder. He is, and he's slapping him right across the face and sending Gado to the outside. Well, he's, he's outside catching his breath back, comes in, and Jericho is going to stop him straight away. Oh, lovely spinning back elbow there, and this is when Jericho was... Uh, was a very youngster. He looks so young here, and but then again, you look at him today; it doesn't look like he's aged much, like me. Jericho going for cover, but Gado kicking out. Uh. No, no, Charles Robinson in this one, unfortunately. More important to focus on Jericho, who just skinned the cat to get back in the ring. Oh, oh, but didn't second time round when Gado eliminated him successfully from the Royal Rumble, and Gado. And with the Dusty Rose-esque elbow to the face, yeah, bringing Jericho in. I don't agree with it. I don't, don't think he is a Dusty Rose. But then again, Dusty Rose on commentary, isn't he? So maybe Dusty yeah. could be like, I can I can relate to that because I'm Dusty Rose. Well, baby. <laughs> yeah. He looks just the Dusty, same as me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful path slam there. No, he does hit the path slam on Jericho. Irish whip. Oh. He looks more like gold dust to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, a lovely... Uh, Power Sam there, taking Jericho down. Oh, he's signifying, signaling in the end, going for the cover. But that <gasps> won't keep the Lionheart down. Well, he kicked out. Oh. And Gado again, going for the fall. Oh, looking to power out, nearly threw Gado onto the referee. Oh. And he gets caught in a sleeper. And Jericho might be fading away now. That's a sleeper, baby. It's a sleeper, it's kind of a sleeper, baby. And Jericho powering him up onto his back. Oh, trying to get him onto his shoulder, but I think Gado's trying to fight it. Oh! And Jericho drops all his weight onto Gado there from his back. Well, you don't see that move that often because it does hurt the opponent. You see Gado getting his head to hit the canvas. He gets turned inside out by Y2J, or pre-Y2J, should we say. (laughs) And now Jericho looks like he's enjoying himself in this one. Irish rip attempt reverse. Oh, slides through his legs. Gado's up. Powers him up, but gets down for a powerbomb. Oh, powers him up again for a second drop. Very lackadaisical cover there from Jericho. Well, only getting a two. Two. And like I said, it would, you expect Jericho to put his foot on the guy's chest and taunt. Is that a WWF uh, sign I see in the crowd there? Might be an anti-sign. I'll have to check that out. Sign patrol as uh, Gado has gone onto the top rope and now he's disappeared. I can't see him. He's there. He just blends in with the ring post. <laughs> ring post and turnbuckle. I can't. I don't know where he is. Oh, he's off the top. Jericho's got him. No. Jericho's going to meet him. Oh, shit. Fucking hell. Jericho nearly killed himself. <laughs> we, never know, we nearly never saw Y2J yeah. come into existence. Oh, well, Gado gets his shoulder up after... Go! I don't know what that was meant to be. It was supposed to be a Hurricane Rana from the top, I believe. Oh, Jericho's got a red mark over his eye. Mark. Oh, but Jericho is damn near folded in half there. Goes oh. to leap over the top rope. Gets caught with a boot to the midsection. Uh, oh, think... WWF is weak. Oh. Gado there. Kicking Jericho whilst he's down. Oh, you'll see how weak WWF is in four years' time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, twat. yeah. <laughs> the attitude of a good choice. You picked the right side, mate. Jericho's back in. He's in trouble. Gado going for the chop. Stopped. He tries to turn Gado over his shoulder, but Gado lands on his feet. 
Oh, ends up on his shoulders, but he's getting his leg punched. <laughs> and he's got him. Oh! And Jericho gets dropped knee first onto the canvas. Oh, that might be the, the best way I've ever seen someone hit a knee breaker. Gado signaling for the end. Climbing up top. Jericho managing to get to his feet. Oh! oh. Swats his legs out. Walls of Jericho. Oh, goes in trouble. And he's got it locked in deep and again taps out almost immediately. Wow. And Jericho. So, um, sorry, saying WWF is weak, but WCW is even weaker. They've, two men have tapped out within <laughs> seconds of being put in a submission hold. Jericho's face is busted open there. Yeah, I think it's the impact when he came off that top right, but again, not a bad match though, is it? No, it is a match that wouldn't look out of place in today's time. I mean, Gado, I weren't expecting a lot from him. I mean, yeah, there was this bit here. Here we go. Slow motion replay. Oh, fuck mine. Uh, I think Hurricane one attempt missed it. And then he swats his legs out of the sky. Drops um, in. Look, he's in it for one, two, two and a half yeah, seconds. Look at the torque on the back Jericho puts in. Well, he puts his knee on the back of the head. He's like, yeah, this is to get you back for fucking falling funny. Oh, oh my God. Bow down in the greatness of Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, we see Mean Gene Oakland backstage. And talking to, uh, well, Deborah McMichael, the husband. Oh, she of, looks fit now. The husband of Stephen Michael. Of course, she's the queen of WCW. I mean, what would happen if she's found Stephen Michael? She's found love. Nothing else is going to happen to her. She'll be. <laughs> well, mean Jean, I'm from the goose state of Texas. So they're arguing about divorce things. Who goes on to be the bigger one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Mike, this is another <laughs> case. This is the 1997 version of Mojo Rawley. Stephen Michael was a former NFL guy, come across no wrestling talent whatsoever, got put into the Four Horsemen, had Deborah as his wife, but then Deborah and, of course, Jeff Jarrett got cozied up whilst he was at, whilst both were in the Four Horsemen. Wasn't she with Austin as well at some point? She later went on to Austin once Jeff Jarrett moved to WF. So Stephen Michael saying, the only reason you're here is thanks to me, which is true. The only reason she went to the WRF is thanks to Jeff Jarrett, which is true. And then she was Steve Austin because of that. So Deborah's been quite lucky. But enough of the shenanigans. We'll see that Puppies. later. But later, that right now, Dan, is a match that I have been waiting to watch on a podcast since its very inception. Because this is Halloween Havoc 1997. And it's a cruiserweight title match. It's Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. And Dan, we talked about earlier this year... I think Masuo jumped a little bit with his promo. Earlier this year, Pyro. WrestleMania 21, Pyro, yeah. WrestleMania 21, Mysterio versus Guerrero. It was the WrestleMania you picked. It was your Mystery Mania. We watched that. And this is like the beginning of it all. And these two men here, this this should be a fantastic match. All right, Dan, so it's the Cruiserweight title, Eddie Guerrero versus Ray Mysterio. Tell me a little bit more about the match. Well, James, this is a mask versus title match with Eddie Guerrero as champion, of course. So it's mask versus title. So if Eddie, well, I think we can understand the rules. Rey Mysterio's got a mask. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's got a title. If Mysterio loses, he loses the mask. And look at Guerrero coming out here. I love this Eddie Guerrero because people say, uh, like, oh, what a legend he was and how popular he was, which is great. But the Hill Guerrero, I talked about this with other wrestlers turning Hill. Look at the kind of, the, the look of him. He looks greasy, you know. He looks, he's got that kind of disdain for everybody. Uh, and it's the kind of perfect way. There's nothing likable about this Eddie Guerrero. Do you know what I mean? In, in that kind yeah. of uh, wrestling way. And the complete opposite for Rey Mysterio, who's come out here dressed like the Phantom and just given a fan... 
the uh, mask. His lucky mask. And the fan seems happy about that, bless him. I know, it looks just like me. And now he's got... And now he's in there with Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero Mysterio. Dan, how many good things can we say about them, you know? You know, with what they both become, how they, you know, how they both transformed into megastars. You know, one of them was the ultimate baby face of the WWE. And Eddie Guerrero, he was, you know, probably one of the most loved champions when he finally regained, you know, when he finally yeah. gained the championship at WrestleMania. You know, for, for what he'd done, you know, lie, cheat and still, he was perfect about it as well. You know, he's a perfect wrestler to portray that character. And these two guys have been wrestling throughout most of their careers, you know, and it probably goes back before this date even. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's fantastic. They're you know, trailblazers in their sport. And the early going already, head scissors takedown by Mysterio. And a crossbody to take <laughs> Eddie Guerrero out of the ring. And Rey Mysterio still manages to land on the apron, Eddie which Guerrero is in, brilliant. Eddie Guerrero in great shape. Mysterio goes spinning round off the rope. And Eddie pulls him off the apron. And i got to say, before the action even intensifies even more, when I was a WF fan when I you know, first started watching wrestling back in 1999, and one of the first matches for WSW that I watched was this match as well. So it's got that kind of, you know what I mean, these kind of great matches in a company's history as Ray gets sent into the stairs by Eddie Guerrero. Oh, you know, you know don't get me wrong, WCW was bigger than Impact is nowadays, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, it, yes, I mean... They they beat they were better and bigger than the WWF you know d- during this period at this point in time nineteen ninety seven you know WSW were king of the sport and even up until maybe two thousand when the yeah. rules completely came off you know and you know and you can see like the past two matches we both commented that they wouldn't be out of place today which is again twenty years ahead of their time and this match well you know it's probably going to surpass both of their matches because the chemistry that these two guys have together it's it's just impeccable. I don't think I've seen two wrestlers with better chemistry together. Yeah, without doubt. And you know, we'll talk about the end of the match, but everything near enough is, is perfect here. It's Mysterio. Oh! Looking for a handspring back elbow, but getting caught by Eddie and thrown over his shoulder like he was ejected from a moving automobile. He was. He looks... <laughs> Eddie completely flattened him. Even the drop kick as well, just completely on point. Eddie's got to try and slow down Mysterio now. Oh, that is beautiful. Brainbuster going to go for the cover, but Mysterio, shoulder up. Mysterio, going to cover. No. And again, you know, we aren't far off Eddie Guerrero's birthday. That was earlier this month. Yeah, I mean, last month. I, I love Eddie Guerrero. It's going to be one of these superstar profiles we do. But the problem is trying to condense it down to maybe one episode because it's just fantastic. And at the moment... Well, he's, he's not waiting for the end of this match to try and get Mysterio's mask. He's trying to rip it off during the match. Again, you know, causing a viable distraction because we know how caught up Rey Mysterio gets adjusting his mask and pulling it to one side and so he can see out of it. Exactly. And this is, look at Eddie there, just completely just uh, got the abdominal stretching thank, uh, created by Wilbur Schneider, I should say. And he's ripping at the mask of Mysterio as he's, and Guerrero just shouting at the crowd. But it's just, it's just a perfect moment in time. I mean, even Mysterio looks so cool. With, with the costume on as well. It's like he's got a purple morph suit. <laughs> as, Ed, as Eddie's just going to wear Mysterio down. He wants to embarrass him. First time I saw Eddie Guerrero, as he looks to put Mysterio away, 
was part of the radicals when he came across. And yeah. then you were looking into him, you were like, okay, which one? I thought Perry Satin was going to be the star when I first saw the four because of how uh, imposing he looked. Dean Malenko. Yeah, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, no, who are these yeah. guys? And then, of course, Eddie Guerrero, what he did, you know, it, it's a story for another day, his career. But one of my favourites, a, a fantastic wrestler, and one of these guys who could play a heel to perfection and, you know, and a, and a good guy. He was, like, you talk about lie, cheating, still, just perfect and there's not many wrestlers like that that come along and it's the fact is like you said untimely death uh we've got robbed of one of the greatest talents that we know as mysterio oh! fucking hell <laughs> well he gets nipped up by eddie guerrero manages to use his body momentum to land on the top rope and hit a lovely moonsault Guerrero, i mean you know just the timing between these two guys is perfect rain mysterio this is when he was at his most athletic. Yes, I think exactly. he was told to tone it down a little bit when he joined WWF. Oh, and the injuries as well didn't help as he dropped Eddie to the outside. Mysterio, ooh. Looking to jump over the top rope, but Guerrero made his way back into the ring quickly enough, took out Mysterio. Baseball slides sends him crashing to the wafer-thin match below. <coughs> and Eddie's showing he's just as quick. There we go. And going to look to capitalise on this now. And look at the easy, just picks up Ray. <laughs> oh. oh, sternum first into the barricades. Eddie throw Mysterio back in. And, and this is another one of these matches. I mean, people, if you listen to us, you have to go on the network and watch this match. It is one of those. And now throws Mysterio back in. Taking a page out of Jinder Mahal's book. <laughs> Rusev, sorry, the accolade. Oh. Oh, and Eddie Guerrero's ripping the mask of Mysterio. That's certainly going to impede Rey Mysterio's vision. Well, I can see Mysterio's face there, clear as it's data. I can see his forehead. The black paint has rubbed off. You can see his, uh, his, eye, his eyes in He looks a bit face. like Kane underneath that mask. <laughs> he does. It's weird. That. It, might be, it might be his little brother. <laughs> and Guerrero just stretching out Mysterio. But Mysterio, the toughness of him will not give up. So you put in a submission, he lasted longer than one, one and a half seconds there. He did indeed, yes. <laughs> And now Eddie's got him up. Brilliant move. Oh, my God. Is this going to be the gory bomb special? On his shoulder. He's, he's trying to get him to tap out. He's got the submission at the moment. And now he tries to pick him up. Oh, oh but Rey Mysterio turns into an arm drag takedown. Goes for a drop kick. But Eddie's sidestepping beautifully. And then delivers a thunderous kick to the back of Mysterio's head of his own. Eddie's shown that he's, he's nearly as fast as Rey Mysterio. Oh! Picks him up onto his shoulder for a lovely backbreaker. That was beautiful, and Guerrero looks to be smirking now. He's not got a cigarette in his gob, he's just got a grin on his face. And look at this submission here. Eddie Graham knows how to hurt. He's got the knee and the bridge of the back of Mysterio, just holding his leg and arm, just pulling on him. But both of these guys not skipping a beat. Uh, I mean, they've just had their finger on the pulse the whole time. <laughs> it's just boom, boom, boom. And even the submission holds make sense because it's showing how tough Mysterio is and Eddie trying to wear him down, wanting to hurt him, you know. And this is more, this is just a complete embarrassment for Guerrero wants to do on Mysterio because he's not really going for the submission. He's just holding it in and saying, this yeah. is what I can do. Is he going to finally look to put Mysterio away? Well, again, you know, it's a title match, but it's a personal title match. It's right. It's not just for the title. It's mask versus title. Yeah, exactly. So and as Eddie Guerrero goes for a <laughs> yeah. pinfall attempt, there he puts his bottom leg on the rope. You know, 
Again, it's part of his lying, cheating, stealing character coming out. Uh, this is the thing. And, and this is what Guerrero was always consistent as well. What's that, my love? Every, every match that he was in, the certain aspects bringing it back, nothing was done without a reason, which I think makes a growl, you know? Yeah. And he's trying to strike Mysterio in the corner. And Ray, the Purple Ranger, finally fighting out, adjusting that mask again. Well, he has to now once uh, Eddie Guerrero's ripped a big hole in the side of it. Oh, and Guerrero there stopping Ray's momentum. <laughs> you know what it's like when you get a sock with a little hole in it your toe keeps popping out even though it's the tiniest hole your, your toe always finds it it's just like his head coming out of that mark <laughs> yeah no, I know exactly what you mean Mysterio in the tree away Guerrero hits him with a drop kick and now set him up for a long run oh, oh! fucking hell goes for a baseball slide at Rey Mysterio's head he sits up just in time and Eddie Guerrero crutches himself around that ring post and that doesn't look like it was comfortable. No, and uh, we might not get any more. Guerrero children. Eddie's in trouble. Mysterio is on the top. <laughs> Leaps over the ring post and just splashes on top of Eddie Guerrero, sending him careering backwards into the railings. And again, you know, this is a match that definitely wouldn't be out of place today. I think it would even surpass most of today's matches. I think even this match is still ahead of its time now. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? In 20 years' time, you're going to be like, that's a match. That's a match now, yeah. As Mysterio brings Eddie in, looking to put him away. No. Eddie reverses. Oh, looking for the tilt well backbreaker, but Mysterio lands on his feet. Hurricane Rana down into a oh. pinning combination, but Guerrero there, luckily enough, kicking out at two. Oh, two, and Guerrero responds there with a huge clothesline just wide for Mysterio out. And Eddie's proved in this match he can keep putting Mysterio down, but he can't take him out. Well, but again, you know, this is classic bigger guy, you know, slightly bigger guy going against smaller guy. I know there's not much difference in size to him, but it is quite noticeable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's guy giving all the punishment out, the smaller guy absorbing it all, but still managing to get his licks in where it counts. Uh, brilliant. And Guerrero there got caught with a 619 from Mysterio. Head scissors to the outside from it. Mysterio's going flying, <laughs> spins out over the top to a head, well, to a Hurricane Rana takedown. Not only did he manage to go over the top, but continue with the, I like to say, Hurricane Rana spinning Guerrero around. And, and Mysterio, you know, all credit to him, we talked a lot about Eddie, but he could do stuff that I don't think was humanly possible. The way he manages yeah. to hold on and spin around and the, the kind of, the speed he gets... Is incredible. Well, he adjusts his body mid-flight. It and, is. You know, he just changes momentum like that. And now he's, Mysterio's going to go moonsault. Oh! A corkscrew moonsault. <laughs> oh, how you, James? Not just any moonsault. Takes <laughs> out Guerrero. Goes for the cover. Two. Two. Oh. oh. But luckily enough for us, this match continues. <laughs> well, honestly, the fans... Why are they just sitting down reactionless they should be standing up saying holy shit and this is awesome i know this is a problem though because the WWE like to promote like hogan in the main event that's what the people are waiting for missing out on this fantastic action mysterio slams down eddie oh oh, oh seated uh springboard there off the top but landing on guerrero's knees <laughs> power bomb folds up mysterio oh. but mysterio still managing to kick out ah well, Guerrero now is starting to disbelieve that he can even beat Rey Mysterio. I mean, that power bomb was like you talk about it's folding him up like an accordion. If I could take a phrase from Jr. there, and then he's still not finished with Rey Mysterio. What else can you do? Well, he's got him up on his shoulder. 
He's going to ram him into the corner. Mysterio near lifeless body and adds some momentum. Mysterio's just stanking around in that corner. Oh, he was playing a bit of possum, though. Leapfrog's Eddie Guerrero over the top of him. Face first into the top turnbuckle and a spinning heel kick to take his opponent down. Uh, Mysterio. And Mysterio, he's going to finish it now. Oh, my God's calling for the Hurricane Runner. Oh! <laughs> but gets caught by Guerrero straight into a backbreaker. I don't know. Well, Eddie is saying, no, this is, this is it now. Eddie's feeling froggy. Well, why doesn't he just jump? as he off the top rope? Will he be able to finish off? Rey Mysterio! No! Oh! Spotted Mysterio moving. Manages to roll out of it. Deposits Mysterio on top and crutches him there. And now Eddie looking to put Rey Mysterio away. Back suplex off the top. Mysterio trying to fight out, though, with the big rights and lefts. Both men in a very precarious position. And Eddie has got Rey Mysterio. Back to back. No, he's got him up. He's going to powerbomb him. No. Oh, Oh. Mysterio turns it around with a head scissors takedown, folds him up. Oh, it's good. And gets the victory. (laughs) Oh, this match is over. Oh. 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 My God. Rey Mysterio gets the pin. Saves his mask and gains the title. Oh, Eddie, and Guerrero couldn't have done more in that match. Look at he's devastated. But Mysterio is Cruiserweight champion. My God. And I think Mysterio earned it in that one. Dan, I, I mean, what did you think? Oh, oh, well, this match isn't over. Rey Mysterio's there uh, celebrating to the camera. Eddie Guerrero's not having any of it. Grabs him by his mask. Face first into the camera and title, I think, his head hit. Throws him out of his ring. And, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero's... Co- Clearly distraught about this. He is. He's so angry. He got tears in his eyes, and he thinks it was a fluke with Rey Mysterio. But if we just look at some of the replays in this, I mean, we've never seen that before, Eddie. You know what I mean? Someone going into the uh, ring post like that under their own momentum, and uh, then that well, springboard over the top, <laughs> catching him, and then the way Mysterio finished it as well. I know. Imagine to get the pin. Eddie nearly got the shoulder up just at the last second. Couldn't do it, and Rey Mysterio wins. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that, man? Absolutely fucking amazing. And I encourage anyone who's everyone <laughs> to go back and just watch this match. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get us wrong. Uh, the the first couple of matches weren't too bad. They was good. They, you know, again, they was both ahead of their time. But this was light years even ahead of our time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 honestly, it's... it's, it's all time, and you can see why it's got such a high rating in the night night seven match of the years on uh, match of the year. You know, uh, it is it's simply. Oh, and I talk about it being number six on the list. That's including Japanese and stuff like that. It's second on the list if you if you include all the matches in America. The only better than that match they said was Michaels versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell. So I mean, but it's two completely different matches, isn't it? That's, those two. Yeah, that's. Uh... Apples and oranges, really, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, pure wrestling, you will not get a better match than uh, Guerrero Mysterio. And it just, like I said, everything clicked. It was it was perfect. But we do have to move on. <laughs> so we have got... Let's hope Piper Hogan can live up to that, Dan. <laughs> They've certainly billed it as the biggest match of our lifetime. Yeah, and we see them backstage. What do they say? Bischoff and Hogan... Babble about wanting Steen guaranteed to be out of the arena before he'll fight tonight. Okay, then. This took four minutes somehow with them making 
uh, with them talking about wanting a contract or something so he can get the physical belt back. Yeah, well, Hogan is talking to Bischoff, and but Hogan looks like they got the wrong belt. And if Halloween Havoc '97 success, then every year we'll watch a Halloween Havoc. <laughs> to be fair, though, they do look very well. Must be all that money. <coughs> they both do, yes. Uh, all, all that cocaine. But we cannot confirm nor deny no. that they may or may not have been taking illegal substances no. at this point in time. I mean, what do you think turned Bischoff's hair grey? <laughs> not using hair dye. So it's interesting, all this build-up with this match, you know, Piper and Hogan. Hogan saying, uh, and Dubs W telling us, we might not even have a main event if Hogan doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We might not have a main event that you paid. Well, built it all the way up for this main event. You know, all these fans in attendance are clearly only here to see Piper versus Hogan. Yeah. And Hogan's saying, well, I've signed a contract for the match, but I'm not going to perform in it if Sting can't sign a contract saying he's not going to be in the building. Oh, no. But what, are going to take it out to the car park and say, look, sign this contract so you're not coming in? Because Sting? <laughs> Sting's going to abide by a contract anyway. Sting abides by Sting's rules only. Exactly. He rejected WWE's contract when it was offered him to fight Kurt Henning. You know, he said he wanted Hogan at the time. So we know what Sting feels about contracts. So we'll see what happens. But wouldn't an extra four minutes of the Mysterio-Eddie Guerrero match been even better than this? You know what I mean? An extra five, <laughs> extra five minutes, a little bit more action as opposed to, Yeah, most to, definitely. You know. But again, this is what eventually uh, sunk. Exactly. And we'll be keeping notes on what did. <laughs> And then we can place the blame firmly on someone's shoulders when we watch the entire demise of WSW. <laughs> but here we go, back to the action after low, you know, five minutes wasted. And, well, this is going to be interesting. We talked about these two earlier. And Steve McMichael is going to be in action. I hate Mongo. Mongo, Mojo. Uh, mm. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Former football player, no talent at all. If it begins in M and ends in O... James don't like it. I know. R's. What the fuck is R's? Why has he got that on his jacket? B-R's. What's that? B-R's. What the fuck are R's? And he's coming out here. Charles Thompson's back. At least I've got something to watch during this. And McMichael coming down and um, he he had a little chat with Deborah earlier. Deborah's got a surprise opponent for Mongo. I wonder who it could be. And who's she going to bring out here? Oh my God. It's Das Wonder Kid, Alex Wright. Yeah, he's yeah. out with Queen Debra. Oh, he's got quite a package on him in his red tie. He is hung like a, a strudel, yeah. He's hung like a stunka. <laughs> a stunka. A stunka. That's a strudel. He's got... He's <laughs> my God, he's packing a big German sausage. And Debra's saying, yeah, this is my guy now. He's got a schnitzel he's thing. He's got a fucking... <laughs> Look at the size of his schnitzel. But that's uh, that's Wonder Kid coming out of here. That's Wonder Kid. That's Wonder Kid, and um, it's really difficult not to do Alex Wright German accent. We've seen Alex Wright maybe more times than we should have this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes. <laughs> As Raven and the Flock are here, they haven't got the Flock out of here yet. But yes, Steve McMichael versus Alex Wright. So if we were worried about living up to Mysterio versus Eddie, I'm sure they can deliver here. Yeah, dancing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, he was WCW 1994 Rookie of the Year. Apparently, they didn't like, and they didn't like a cocky German. Isn't that surprising? Like, they don't like Germans, um, cocky. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't. Well, they, they prefer their 
Eastern Europeans a bit more serious. And Steve McMichael, he's, he's listening out for silence. The crowd are more into this than they were the other one. I think they're more into Deborah and Charles Robinson. Yeah, Charles, they're like, woo, Charles. But this is a story WSW has tried to uh, sell over the, the past few months. And Deborah going and No against... one's buying it. No, they're not, no. And if, if wrestling teaches anything, if wrestling teaches anything, it will remember. <laughs> I don't need wrestling to teach me that. I've got life experience. <laughs> You're not bitter and twisted. You don't need my help for that. And uh, Mojo, uh, Mongo going to go for the cover on Alexander Wright. After dropping an elbow onto him. Yeah, I know. That is so mojo. Well, Alex Wright goes to Deborah. Yeah, what should I do? And she's like, yeah, we need to win your match. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, Alex, I think you need to get in that ring there and fight him, y'all. You sound like Cleelers. Hey, y'all, get in the ring. Okay. <laughs> Alex Wright more concentrated on the crowd than he is Mongo. And Stuart Michael doesn't look like an athlete. At least Alex Wright does. It looks like a Steven Seagal rip-off. He's got a face for radio. He really has. Not a lot of NWO. We see a few NWO shirts, but it's more just basic attire, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> I'd say basic attire. And his old crater face gets thrown into the corner. <laughs> I'd say basic attire. I should say what humans would say as clothes. Normal clothes. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what, Dan. I'm wearing my basic attire here. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear my... I'm wearing my casual attire. <laughs> oh, and this... It's pure wrestling between these guys. And like you say, in HD, McMichael's face is not a picture really that we like. They should focus more on Deborah if they're going to do that. But Alex Wright's focusing on McMichael. And I'm trying to be serious about this, but that package is getting in my way. (laughs) (laughs) As the camera slowly zooms in onto it. Joey Ryan, eat your heart out. It's getting bigger. I'm sure it is. He's going to try and pin both of them in a minute. Why he walks with a hunch. That's why he's doing that for. He's trying to get hold of it, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Don't put your hand near it. <clears throat> and McMichael trying to get up. And this is an awful comeback. Oh, dear. Yeah, but she has got a lot of layers on. And Mongo trying to beat down Alex. But Alex showing that, you know, he might be a slightly smaller but, in, you know, the same height, maybe. Well, delivering a few European uppercuts. Using the second rope to get all the momentum down with that and huge... And that weight he's got foot. coming down with that huge dong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unfair. She has a, <laughs> she has, it's a weapons match if he's using it. It shouldn't be allowed. It's like he's got a kendo stick <laughs> down there. Shoulder block now. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting distracted. It's meant to be Halloween. Oh, God. And again, we don't know what Mongo McMichaels came dressed as, but it is scaring little kids. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex right there. Oh, look at Michael, so close to it. Oh! Side headlock now, Alex right. And McMichaels just showing his huge power. Oh, look at the, look at the <laughs> quickness. Package. Look at the quickness of McMichael. Oh, and both men exchanging hip tosses. Mongo getting the upper hand on that. And a right hand to the face. And this is not in slow motion. Alex like. What was he trying to do there? What was he trying to accomplish climbing that second rope? Everybody knows that's how you get out of the ring. No, it's not. You go through the middle ropes. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's why none of these made it later on. Oh. A spinning heel kick there from right to Mongo taking him down. Yep, so no selling whatsoever in this match. <laughs> Going to try and... Ah, oh, here we go. Mongo's got him in the Mongo driver. <laughs> The Untaker, you are not, oh, my friend. his face is inches away from it as well. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Deborah's distracting Charlie Robinson. Oh! Goldberg comes in, jumps the top rope. That's Goldberg. What's he doing? Well, I think I know what he's doing out here. We're going to find out in just a second. Spear! <laughs> Drops him right behind Charles Robinson, who's barely bats an eyelid. Oh, no, not that turn. They don't turn around Jackson just yet. Down. Yeah. Jackhammer by Goldberg. Charles Robinson nearly missed it. Alex Wright. <laughs> Goldberg picking up Alex Wright, frowning into on top of Michael McMichael. There we go. Oh, what's happened here? One, two, three. That's what was going on behind me when I saw it then. So Goldberg, the recently debuted, has come out here and just made a huge impact. He's going over to Deborah. Oh. Takes the Super Bowl ring. Well, now it's apparently Goldberg's. Is he siding? Does he, have he, has he got a problem with McMichael? Alex Wright there, go on, shake his hand. <laughs> Goldberg's just more concerned with who's next. Well, he just lays out Alex Wright, throws him in the ring. This, I think this will end well for Alex Wright. <laughs> oh. He gets speared. Well, what's he up? knows what it's like having a big spear. Well, if he's got hit with a spear, what's next? Jacks him up, hammers oh. him down. Do it to McMichael one more time. <laughs> one more time. One more time. Oh, look at Goldberg. When he wasn't in action, but he just laid out two men. And this is what WCW needed. So we've just seen Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Jer- uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. We've seen Jericho. We've seen Ultimate Dragon. And now we've seen Goldberg. You can't doubt the roster for WCW so oh, far. Oh, most certainly not, no. You know, and they're even bringing in outsiders from different promotions. Gina Targa and uh, Gado. Yeah, exactly. And they've got the relationship with New Japan. That's working well at the moment. And, oh, my God, he nearly killed Mongo. That's a shame he didn't, really. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, he catches out of the corner of his eye. Oh, no, no, this way. <laughs> wow, four matches down. And uh, what an interesting pay-per-view it's been so far. Just over an hour in, and we've still got some... Well, we've got huge matches still to come. So, we move on. Oh, my <laughs> God, next match. Disco Inferno versus Jack Hollin. Wow, you know, we mentioned this on... Uh... When when we mentioned Jacqueline coming into the uh, the the top twenty five women on our list, Disco didn't make it to WNR fifty. If anybody's wondering, uh, clearly not. Now I don't think he'd make it on a WNR one thousand. No, but I do like his entrance music. Is it an early days Fandango? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's Disco. I mean, <laughs> Just without Fandango's yeah. talent, <laughs> this is this is twenty years out of date. But he is cruiserweight champion to his credit. And this was supposed to be for Disco... Oh, no. He's not Cruiserweight champion. Is it's he? It's TV champion. Well, this was supposed to be for Disco's TV title. Here we go. I, I, do you know? I've got a feeling we might have watched this match before. I've got a feeling maybe on a Hall of Fame. If this, if they don't start wrestling for another five minutes, I'll get... Well, Disco Inferno's uh, doing everything to avoid Jacqueline. He's putting his head between the ropes to try and force a rope break. Jacqueline's got that steely look in her eyes. Wants to take the Disco down. Well, she's a tough Texan. Well, she might get hold of the disco balls here in this one. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> disco Inferno goes to the outside. Like there's uh, much disco ball to grab. No. Well, even though he's got shake your booty on the back, he's not doing a lot of shaking at the moment. He's avoiding Jacqueline. Well, he's shaking in his booties. <laughs> Are we finally going to have a start to this? Well, Disco's been dead for two, uh, 20 years now, and I'm not talking about Mr. Inferno, I'm talking about the dance. Well, he doesn't want any of Jacqueline get behind a referee, and they're getting to the outside. 
at least it gives the commentators a chance to talk about what they love more than anything else and that is Hulk Hogan, Hogan. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah look at Brian if ever was a company built around a wrestler <laughs> this was it I mean you know one might argue Vince McMahon had yeah. uh, built WWF early years around uh, Hulk Hogan it's certainly the first well, five or ten years. I'd like to talk about it. WF built a company around Hogan, it worked. WSW did in the early going, it worked. TNA tried to build a company around Hogan. It didn't work. It didn't work. But this match still, they still haven't come to blows yet. Delaying tactics. Come on. Oh, for God's sake, this is taking a piss now. Yeah, Jacqueline is getting as agitated as we are, and she's chasing Disco around the ring. He gets in the ring and, oh, she goes low to the midsection, shoulder block, sunset flip, but this guy's holding on. Oh! She finally gets him down, but only for a two count. Two! Oh, Disco dropped toe hold there, but maybe realising that was a bit of a mistake. The Disco's gone to the outside. That was quite enough for him, thank you very much. He might just be happy with a count out. Well, you know, we've seen a, a finger on the pulse first half of the match, and then it's slowed down. With uh, Mongo against uh, Alex Wright. And then it's got even slower with Disco versus Jacqueline. So uh, I hate to see what Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig's going to be like. <laughs> well, let's hope. It's going to be a 28-minute figure four look. No, uh, let's hope they can actually go further. Well, the main events bring more to this one. Let's hope. Because Jacqueline and Disco is not really delivering. She's going on the hunt for Disco again. And she's chasing him around the ring. Disco eventually gets in the ring. Followed closely by Jacqueline. And he's backed into a corner. And now Disco goes back outside again. Followed by Jacqueline, who runs round the ring again. This is boring. Oh, wait a minute, though. Jacqueline outsmarted Disco because she thought he was running. He thought she was running the other way. And she managed to hide it. And now look at these huge right hands on Disco. But up to that point, it was boring as fuck. And now Disco, don't you dare go out the ring, you prick. <sighs> Why did you do that for, ref? They gift us with these great matches to start off with. And then they take it all away with Disco. And at least he's finally going. This will be the end of the match. Getting a count out, vi- getting a count out <coughs> victory, Jacqueline will be happy. Well, this was going towards a 10 out of 10 pay-per-view <laughs> until these last two matches. And it's... Well, Jacqueline goes after Disco, though, and uh, brings him down in the aisle. And now Disco's being chased back to the ring. We're back where we started. Have we even started? Well, <laughs> well, Disco was crawling, got caught. And now Jacqueline with some big right hands, rocking the Disco man. Irish rip reversal. But Jacqueline, oh, tries running through Disco. Leapfrog by Disco. Now a hip toss attempt. Jacqueline landed on his feet. Kick to the midsection and a big right hand to follow up. Looks like they both come out of wrestling school. Oh, oh Disco there. Grabbing a hold of Jacqueline's um, <clears throat> Thrapners. Yeah, outfit, throwing them on the outside. Got a nice bit of side boob, and Jacqueline, she's going to split the difference around the ring. Oh, his oh, disco balls have been split. And Jacqueline there. Well, in bowling terms, that's certainly a 7 10 split. <laughs> Jacqueline, you want some now? Maybe Disco will think twice. Oh, oh. snap suplex to the outside to them, wafer thin mats. And I can't believe the fans are more into this match than they was the other three matches. Uh, but then again, we have seen China since then, haven't we? So maybe this is what they thought a man versus women's match looked like. It's Jacqueline now just beating down the head of Disco. And lucky she's got long hair off one show. Oh my word. Clothesline. I would say rocked him with another clothesline, but definitely had some impact. Oh, 
Lovely. Spins around the back of Disco, drops him with a DDT. And the fans are loving this. And Jacqueline, where is she going? She couldn't be further away from Disco if she tried. She's not barely to hit him from there. Surely. They call me Shirley. Disco's up. So's Jacqueline. Oh, flying cross body. Disco rolls through. Got the cover too. Oh, but Jacqueline slides out. Slide. And Disco check with the referee making sure. That wasn't a free count, but not looking at Jacqueline. Oh, rolls him up. One, two, three. Oh. And a man has been beaten by a woman. What an awful start to that, but Jacqueline does beat Disco. So not only did he have an awful match, but he lost. Dan, what do you think? Terrible. That was probably one of the worst matches I think I've ever seen watching wrestling. And I've seen Mojo wrestling. And I've seen Enzo wrestling. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But we haven't seen the dream match of Enzo Mojo to be the naught rating <laughs> of a card. That'd be minus 10. I have never given a match a lower rating in my life. And it's not because she's a woman, it's because it was shit. All right? Disco can't believe it, but at least it is over now. Now we have got the main event matches, and this should be a great one because we hear the NWO music and. Referee, do you see that then? Referee just got pushed out of the curtain and ran. <laughs> but it is Kurt Henning. Oh. With the US title. And not only that, but the road like he disgraced Ric Flair, ripped the sleeves off, and wearing it, turned his back on the four horsemen. We've seen Kurt Henning, and now he has to go against Ric Flair. Woo! Like I said, Hem- Henning stole Flair's robe and turned on Flair and the horsemen at the full brawl. And Henning comes out with the cruiserweight belt instead of the US belt. Is it he come out with the wrong title belt? Maybe that's why he's not showing it. Here we go, though. Ric Flair. And, oh, my God, it's the quickest I've ever seen him come to the ring. His challenge is in a warrior. <laughs> Trying to get into the ring, but Henning's stopping him by kicking him. Oh, third time lucky, and he manages to get into the ring. Oh, my God, and it's on now. And uh, Kurt Henning kicking away. It's really weird because the last time we saw... Oh, my God. Flair and Perfect, they were working together, weren't they, at SummerSlam 92? Yeah. <laughs> Five years on from that, they're enemies here. And this actually might be a good Ric Flair match. Don't get many of those these days. Oh. High knee sending Perfect right into the steel barricade. Perfect's had enough already, and he's walked out of there. Well, we've seen him on Nitro, main event, and it gets people like the Giant and uh, stuff like this, and he doesn't want any of Ric Flair now. Flair's not going to s- let that... Stop the match. Well, I think it's nice Flair wore all the trunks for that robe. Do you know what I mean? In memory of it. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh. A big shot to the jaw for Hennig. Another two very talented wrestlers. The question is this one. Are they over the hill or not? I mean, Flair would go on to wrestle another, you know, 10 years after this as well. So, and Ric Flair's looking to work on the leg of Perf- uh, um, Kurt Hennig. Shouldn't say Miss Perfect. I get sued by the WF. WWE. Cease and desist. <laughs> Oh, but Hennig there, trying to hold on to the referee to stop him going into that corner. But it doesn't help him at all, and Ric Flair rattles that. And now he's got hold of a... Oh, looking to take out Kurt's leg, but he pulls it in the ring just in time. Hennig's still got Ric Flair's robe on, and that must incense Rick every time he sees it. Well, he's undressing at him to get to that chest so he can deliver some of his patented knife-edge chops. And the right hand and the left hand's on point as well, and Flair... He's dominating the early going. Woo! Oh! Chop sending Henny back and finally... Disrobe. And Flair puts his <laughs> robe on. Oh! Turns Henning inside out with a chop. And a famous Ric Flair strut. 
It's silly, but it's flair. Woo! <laughs> and perfect and trouble, flair say, all right, let me uh, win the United States title here then. Back him up with the chops. But Kurt follows out of that corner with a clothesline takedown of his own. Finally getting some momentum in this match. Can he capitalise on it? Oh, beautiful net breaker there by Henning, putting Flair down. He's going to work on the leg. Oh, well, it certainly looks that way. Well, Henning's leg hurt from Flair's early attack, but maybe a bit of payback. I mean, it's all been about disrespect for Kurt Henning with Ric Flair turning on him, destroying the robe and, turn, you know, the four horsemen. Now I'm going to try and maybe use one of Flair's patative, you know, moves in the ring, working on the leg. Well, they do say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. They do, but with Ric Flair, he must be losing it at the moment. And now he's in the exact same position that Henning was earlier with the leg against the ring post. Oh, wraps it round the ring post there. Do you wish that uh, Curtis Axel would come out in a short-styled onesie? He does on my WWE 2K game. Yes, I do. I think if we're going to go for it, go for it. But at the moment, Curtis Axel... You know, it's not too bad being by Miz's side. Let's see how they go on with it. I think if anybody's going to turn on the Miz, it might be Axel. Uh, but I think for they might... the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, but, mate, you know, and, and try and go for it. Like that would be quite nice. I think what is a shame is the fact Mr. Perfect, you know, five years after this event here, you know, would unfortunately pass away. And it's just too soon for a talent like Kurt Henning. He was fantastic. You know, we've seen a couple of great Mr. Perfect matches against Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair, to his credit, you know, this is time. People said in 1992, Ric Flair was past it, and yet he still delivered in ring. Of course, at this point in 1997, we've talked about the politics between him and Bischoff, haven't we, about disliking him and saying he wasn't worth money. And instead of Flair being in the main event, maybe fighting NWO guys, he's, he's still fighting an NWO guy, but you know, more personal and lesser down the card, you know, US title on the line. Even though it still means something, at least there's personal, you know, animosity in most of the matches we've seen tonight. Flair trying to fight out the corner. Perfect, bouncing off the rope and delivering a big right hand to the head of Flair. Goes for the cover. Oh! Flair just managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two! And Flair managed to get out of the corner there with a chops, but as you said, perfect. Henning just cutting him down. Do you see him more as perfect than Henning? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's the first time you see someone. I mean, if I'd have seen him in WWE first or like AWA, but I think we're perfect, especially that character. It was without a doubt perfect. perfect. You know, do you reckon yeah. he's the early day Bobby Roode? Like you know, you got perfect and you got glorious. Yeah, I, I most definitely think that, and I think uh, Mr. Perfect deserved a lot of more, uh, a lot more success. I think he should have maybe been world champion when he first debuted you know that's how hot he was uh i think it's a shame he never really had you know a world title run but it was with that gimmick and the intercontinental title it, it was fa- it was great to see cause you don't see that we talk about hill as he was and he had he could back it up in a ring and that's what yeah. was made him so good as he's just back rick flair up in the turnbuckle Oh, flings him across to the opposite one, and Flair, in typical Flair fashion, <laughs> yeah. sends himself careering to the apron, oh, well, to the wafer-thin mats below. Well, we'll take a shot in this one as well, if Flair fails from the top rope that he seemingly does. But Henning going after Flair, and he might have his number. He doesn't need any of the NWO help in this one. Ooh. Oh, as he's got Flair's foot tied up in the barricade, and uh, he's just stomping on Ric Flair's knee. Flair is in serious trouble. If I ever met Ric Flair, I'd say, chop me. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. Would you actually let Ric Flair chop yeah. you? It'd just rip my shirt as you're filming it. <laughs> <and just> pow! 
Woo! We're out and probably get like a million views on YouTube. Like, idiot gets chopped by Why has it got to be an idiot? Well, because, you know, people... He's old and past it. He'd be able to fucking tickle me. Bless him. <laughs> well, at the moment, he can't get near Henning. He's on the outside trying to recover. But, hey, Henning's feeling a leg a little bit. Might just be happy to take his time in this one. Oh, Ooh, hanging flare on top there in a brutal manoeuvre. And Flair's in serious trouble. As he tries to recuperate and get to his feet, but Kurt Henning's not giving him an inch to breathe. Well, this is definitely slowed down from what we saw earlier. But this is what the main events in WSW were like. You know, the, the undercard were usually the, the better, more exciting matches. And these matches are more, you know, 20 years ago. And Flair... <laughs> well, they most certainly are. You know, these are... WWF cast-off matches. Oh, Flair fighting back though with the chops. Flair managing to knock Perfect down. Oh, but gets caught in a he- uh, in a sleeper. Just like this match is a sleeper. Well, this is the thing. This match wouldn't be uh, past it, you know, five years out. This is definitely like a 90s main event feel to it, you know, like you said. like Early 90s. Yeah. Oh, slowing it down. Backdrop. But again, you know, they, they tease us with three matches that wouldn't be out of place today. And then they back it up with three or four or five matches that were out of place ten years ago. But maybe they were told, maybe, well, then again, would they really listen? But Helen and Flair, maybe they've gone this way because, you know, they've been told not to steal the show from Hogan and Pipe because what can they really do in the ring, you know? It was all about the politics in WCW. Or maybe they were just going like, oh, my God. Well, Henning looks, to, looks set to wrap their chair around the head of Ric Flair. But Flair moves out of the way and Henning gets nothing but ring post. And then he gets a big knife-edge chop in the face for his troubles. And this is what I talk about. They talk about, you know, if you've ever been at a job and, yeah, you're getting well paid, but, you know, you just call, phone it in. Do you know what I mean? You're just there. You're just wasting time. You're doing the bare minimum. Maybe this is what Flair has decided to do in this one. Or maybe that's all he can do. You know, it's, <laughs> these are the questions. Are they going like, oh, we'll just go slow 1980s-style match and see what happens? As Flair, Irish Whips, perfect. Uh, heading into the barricade again. This has been chops and punches most of this match. Well, that's the thing, you know. You've probably got the likes of Mysterio and Guerrero on half a quarter of the money that these guys are on, but doing ten times the work. Yeah. And that's but none of the recognitions. Like, look at the fans. They're going crazy for this match. It's good how they were treated. They were treated as main event as Henning just gone face first into ring post. Move it doesn't work. why Guerrero, Mysterio, Jericho... Uh, all these guys decided to think, fuck it, we have, we'll, go, we'll go to the WWF, you know, because we might get more of a chance. They'll and, appreciate us. Yes, there. exactly. And, and that's exactly what happened. And they and WCW kept relying on the same stars uh, over and over again until the end. You know, when you've seen Flair versus Hogan for the, the hundred for a million time, you're going to be like, well, what's on the other channel? But at the moment, WCW's hot, so they could get away with it. Poke to the eyes on Henning. <laughs> now you're calling it in, aren't you? <laughs> You get paid so much for this podcast. <laughs> You're just putting in 3%. Well, Henning now saying, that's enough. I'm going to take home the cruiserweight title. It is <laughs> a cruiserweight title. It is a cruiserweight title. Henning walking away. And Flair, look at the speed of him chasing down Henning, knocking him down yeah. in the aisle. Flair making sure he's got his knee pads in place. You don't want to dislocate your knee there. Oh, there we go. Huge knee. And the crowd absolutely loving it. What an easier time 1997 seemed to be. Henning getting thrown in. Here comes Flair. Now Kurt's wading away on the back of the head of Flair. Oh, running knee lift turns Flair inside out. 
And he sells it like a good one. Yeah. And that title belt's still in there, referee. Can't you see this? What are you doing? Randy Anderson. And there we go. Oh, is Henning going to go for the Henning Plex on the title belt? Well, that move is perfect for this match. <laughs> it's Flair somehow fighting it. Suplex. Oh, but Henning's holding on to the... No. Oh. oh, misses the title belt. And, yeah, try, try to hold on as well, but comes down. And Flair's saying, yeah, I've got this. Is there a moth? I need me there. That moth is working harder than Flair and Perfect at the moment. <laughs> Flying around. I can do that. Let me sell this move. Look, man, on TV. But Dan's part of the mafia, don't forget. And Flair picks up the title belt, but then drops it again. Hangs Perfect up in the tree of woe. Puts the title belt around his head. Well, that made more sense the other way around. Anyway, Henning's got a title belt there. Referee can do nothing about this. Oh, and kicks the title belt onto <laughs> Henning's head. And the way Henning sells it is brilliant. Oh, what? Flair punches the ref out. <laughs> and now he just goes to town on Kurt. And here come the referees. Because if anything can stop him. <laughs> oh, he chopped one ref and he just didn't even, he no-sold it completely. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. NWO's Conan and Vincent are yeah, down, the two biggest guys got the in the NWO. <laughs> Who's available? Send Conan. And they're trying to get Flair off Henning. And he's assaulting him. He's trying to disfigure Henning's face. And there's four referees on Flair. And they finally got away. No, wait a minute. No, Flair. Still chasing him. No, he's been stopped by all the referees. And Vincent there as well. Oh, look. It's Macho Man Randy Savage on www.com. Well, he says... He's awesome on the internet. Oh, as far as the internet's concerned, and I'm going to hit a tree. <laughs> I understand WF when in the actual year it was like, well, Undertaker hasn't arrived yet, or well, Steve Austin's not here. And then when he do arrive, you say, like, okay. But to actually say, like, oh, there's not going to be a main event because I can't, you know, I'm contractually obliged to, it just seems the wrong way to build excitement for it, doesn't it? You yeah. know? JJ Dillon. Well, he's back from an injury angle and he says the match is going to happen, okay? So now freaking drop it already. (laughs) Bischoff, of course, comes out to complain and says Dylan has no authority. But he is the chairman of the board, so he does. And Dylan says he has a contract that has been notarised. So the match is going ahead. Well, Bischoff says his sting sting is here. They want Nitro so they can demand a TV show then, I guess. But, uh, a bit strange, but here comes another guy I never really rated, uh, Larry Zabisco, who, it was the Larry Zabisco show last time we watched Nitro, wasn't it? He was fighting with uh, Scott Hall, and he announced a match that we are going to watch now, which is, uh, Lex Luger versus Scott Hall Hall with Larry Zabisco, special guest referee. Well, Scott was coming out here with six. He's been by his side, hasn't he? The majority of uh, this NWO run. Might be surprised. I didn't know six had like such an impact with the NWO. Like He was literally by Hall and Nash's side throughout all this until, you know, he, he got well, he's fired. He's part of the clique, really, isn't he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's weird to see him here. No Kevin Nash, interestingly no. enough. When DX hit big second time round... Six was, or X-Pac was a really huge part of that as well. Yeah, and he was one of the most likeable aspects of that, you know. And people knew he was. And it was one of the first cases of a guy coming from WCW to the WWE in that way. Of that seeing you've stolen him a little bit, even though, you know, he did get fired. It was yeah. a fact of, oh, he was a big part of the NWO. We saw him from Majority 97, and now he's on here. Is this the next 
that's what nearly you know helped turn the tide as well so there's so many things that you could say changed you know but it's great to see another wrestling company opposed to WWE putting on in front of arena 20,000 people do you know and uh, there's 12,000 people there. sorry 12,000 people even with Eddie Guerrero still we've seen uh, a world-class match Scott Hall against the man coming out of right now Lex Luger not so sure but I, I can hope can't I well Luger there with the fireworks coming out. We've seen we've seen him win the world title from Hogan earlier this year as well, making Hogan submit to the torture rack. Not many wrestlers can. Yes, he only held on for the days. For, uh, he only held on for the title for six days, but but still, he beat Hogan. He did indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah can he beat Scott Hall here? Here we go. It can't be worse than the last two matches. And Larry Zbysko, is he going to be fair and impartial in this? We know he's had his troubles. With the NWO, especially Scott Hall. A lot of Scott Hall's come prepared with a couple of toothpicks. And Larry Zbysko wants to get old, start this match. And uh, referee attire as well. Different black t-shirt. Oh, throws a toothpick. There's a Zbysko's face. And that might have been a mistake because he's got to fight Lex Luger. Knocks it down with a punch. And now, lock up. These two huge men. Actually, I got Saper versus Hogan. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Scott Hall now backing Luger up in a corner. Well, both both of these very big men. I mean, you would say Luger, obviously more muscular, but Scott Hall not going to back down six foot seven himself. This time, Luger wins the uh, the strength off and backs Hall up. But the Bisco showing that he can be fair and impartial. Clean break. But now Scott Hall. Side headlock on Luger. What can he do? He's just going to wear down the head. Look at the strength of Lex oh, he's Luger. powering out of it. And he's wrenching Hall's arm back, but Hall manages to get the side headlock back in. Well, I think the Bisco's saying you grabbed hold of his hair. This is NWO versus WCW. Who will come out on top of this? Will it be Scott Hall, the first man to make an impact for the NWO? Or WCW's very own Lex Luger. If you look at history, you associate Lex Luger with WCW Perfect with WF, don't you, you know? Oh, he was known as the narcissist in WWF. Yeah, and that's not really had the same... You know, I, I think Lex Luger was like team with Sting in well, the Did you not days. like the uh, the uh, elbow gimmick that he had? You know, the uh, the metal plate in his elbow? Yeah, yeah I know. It was, a bit, it was a bit naff, wasn't it? Especially feuding with Yokozuna. You know, I, I picture him... Early matches with Flair, teaming with Sting. Then, of course, you know, the torture out, like I say, against Hogan and fighting the NWO. And, and going into Wolfpack. Exactly. And even in later years as well, always being... I mean, even when it was WCW in 2000, Lex Luger was always wrestling, you know. So, and I always... Hall's so, calling out Luger for a test of strength. I always thought Luger was more WCW in the argument with Scott Hall. And everybody thought he was more WF, but I think he actually spent more time in WW in the end, you know. So yeah. it's a bit of a weird one. As are we going to see the test of strength? It might happen at some point. Oh no! Hall teased it, and then he just kicked him in the midsection as soon as Luger was going out for the reach. He can't win the test of strength. He talks about how good Lex Luger is. We didn't even mention how good he was, but how strong Luger is. He might be one of the strongest men to ever wrestle in wrestling. <laughs> Uh, what what did you think of Lex Luger as a whole? You know, as a as a total package. I didn't rate him. I mean, no. he had the look. Yeah, uh, but he had I'm... the he had the face look, didn't he? You know, yeah. the blonde hair, blue eyes. 
built like a brick shit house, yeah. clean shaven. Promos, no, you know, didn't work. And wrestling and abilities, no, not really. And he got worse as it went on, which it doesn't help. And I think it was one of those things that if WCW got rid of Lex Luger, they might have freed up the product for more younger guys as well, you know, and, and better workers. So, yeah, I think... They could have replaced him with Chris Jericho, no questions. Yeah, I mean, Jericho versus Scott Hall match here, do you know what I mean? That'd have been good. But then we get people like Lex Luger, but also he was a friend of Sting's, and you want to keep Sting sweet during this time. That's the only reason he returned to WSW was because, you know... Uh, you don't want to keep Sting too sweet. <laughs> no, but Sting asked Bischoff for Luger to come back. <clears throat> but at this point in time, Luger was the only few men to actually be treated as a threat to the NWO. You know, every, NWO is so dominant, many, not many men could uh, stand up to him as Luger's finally turned his submission around. And he's reversed the pressure onto Hall. Six hasn't got involved yet. No, he's just trying to cheer on Scott Hall at the moment. And now Luger... Putting his crutch into the face of Hall. Raining down on him. And the Zabisco saying, come on, stop it. Oh, and he lands an atomic drop. Takes him down with a big clothesline. I mean, Scott Hall here, don't get us wrong, he's a great worker. He can do with Lex Luger, but rattles his brains there with a clothesline. And thumbs up to six saying, you like that? Do you think Scott Hall deserved to be a world champion or have the opportunity to? Most definitely. You know, he, he did put in the time, even though he was a drunk and a druggie. Oh, this is a problem, isn't it? You know, he, he just, if he had his head on straight, then he maybe, you know, would have get given a chance. But you just, when you're inconsistent like that, you can back up in the ring. But when you're, uh, you're out of it all the time, you know, people are not going to have a faith in you. As Zabisco catches six trying to cheap shop Luger. Well, some might argue, you know, he was an innovator of his time, especially in WWE. He had the, uh, <coughs> the great ladder match with Shawn Michaels. Well, not only that, but, you know, one of the greatest brains, they say. You know, he, he always knows what's going on wrestling. Uh, people say that Scott Hall maybe could have been working WWE because of how clever he was in that way. But it was always let down by, of course, the demons, as they say. And it's weird, isn't it, that rich people have demons and, and uh, poor people get sent to prison. But anyway, we're not, we're not talking about that. But Zabisco, with a suspiciously slow count there when Hall uh, went for his pin attempt on Luger, and he only got a two count. Two. Fall away slam there by Hall. Goes for the cover again. Two. And yeah. again. It's not a the slow qu- count, but Luger still managing to kick out. Ah, it's not the quickest amount. And Zabisco there saying what size a gnome should be. And now here we go. Back to that sleeper hold. No, Luger finally coming back to life. But yes, you know, it is a bit of a, a weird predicament to have a special guest referee. Well, Zabisco wants to fight Hall. This whole thing started over some AWA thing, but he wouldn't get to until January. So this feud is still going to continue. Yes, and we talk about Hogan and Bischoff even more because we haven't hammered that one out yet, I guess. Yeah, uh, is there so much building up you can do for a main event? Yeah, but to be fair to commentators, what else can they do? They've got to fill the air at some point. And with a sleeper hold or something, you know, to, to just rely on Hogan all the time, is probably a good trick to get away with it, you know, especially with... Well, uh, when in doubt, talk about Hogan. Exactly. When in doubt, Hogan it out. That's what you've got to do. Hulk Luke, it out. Hulk it out. Luger's on the apron. Oh, and Scott sends him into the barricade. He's been on top of this one. Anytime Luger gets an apparent... 
Come back. Hall's cutting him off every time. Luger back on the apron. And Hall bouncing his head off the top turnbuckle and just wailing away at the back of his head. I mean, is there much more that Luger can take in this match? I don't think there is. I think he's beaten and battered. And I think Zabisco knows that as he pulls Scott Hall away. Shouldn't really get involved. But now pushing contest. Oh! oh. Hall looks set for a close-on take, close take out on uh, Zabisco. But Zabisco ducks it. And eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. But he didn't touch him, did he? It was all Scott Hall's momentum. So Six can't believe it. But the match should continue. And, and Eric Bischoff oh. is out here complaining as if we haven't seen enough of him. Oh, and Zabisco looking to give Bischoff right hand. <laughs> and then just kicks him out of the ring. Zabisco's boss at the moment. Or oh, Bischoff can't believe it. It's too many Bs. Bischoff's a berserk. <laughs> Zabisco there. Lex Luger getting to the ring. And I don't know it's what we're up. Oh, no. He was counting, but not giving us the numbers. And now Hall and Luger are going to fight it out. Hall with Both the right hand. Exchanging blows in the ring. Well, Luger getting the upper hand. Comes off the ropes with a big clothesline takedown. Is he going to look for it now? Oh, is Bischoff distracting Lubisco. Another atomic drop. Is he signaling for one more? Or is that for the torture rack? Third time. Lucky. Oh, oh unlucky if you're Hall. Luger with a huge forearm, like you said earlier, still plating there. And, and is he uh, going to set him up for the torture rack? Oh. Six in from behind. Well, Zabisco was distracted by Bischoff. And six karate kick <laughs> to the back of Luger's head. And Scott Hall now. Oh, this is not fair. Setting him up for the outsider's edge. This is not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> He's got Luger up. Well, that's the way the end, I'm afraid, Jimbo. That is true. He's got Luger. Oh. And down. And Zabisco, he wants to be fair and impartial. Scott will get the cover. And that just made Luger look weak. <laughs> I mean, he was down for a good three seconds before Scott even got the cover on him. And uh... How bad? On a scale of other matches we've just watched, like Flair Henning and Jackie Disco, where would um, you Well, Jackie Disco was... Very terrible. This was terrible. And the uh, Hennig-Flair match was just awful. I'm really, conf- I'm really confused. I think a Flair-Hennig I gave two and a half. I might give this... He didn't even kick him in the head with a replay we see. Uh, I don't know. I'm really confused about how bad these matches have been. But, and Zabisco on the mic and saying this match must continue. Just seen the replay of six getting involved. And he's saying, you've got to, otherwise I'm going to count you out. So the awfulness continues. Well, Scott Hall, not happy, saying this match has to continue. He's getting oh, Zabisco's face. He's complaining face. to Zabisco. Zabisco pushes him oh. straight into the hands of Luger, who sets him up for the torture rack. And Scott Hall, oh. <laughs> Six comes out, kicks Luger, stopping the torture rack. And then beats up Zabisco, but Zabisco has got him. <laughs> he's got him in a guillotine headlock, hasn't he? He's got six, but Bischoff, oh! With a kick straight to the forehead of Zabisco. Fucking hell. Well, Zabisco's not staying down. He's trying to get back up to his feet. Yeah, but Scott Hall's there. Oh. oh. And now the numbers game takes its toll on Zabisco. This has gone from awful to even worse. <laughs> well, Zabisco now being held up. And look at Bischoff. Well, we know Bischoff has a martial arts background. <laughs> Kick to the head. 
And finish it off with a kick to the ribs. Well, he might have internal bleeding. Look at Bischoff. Foot on the chest. Scott Hall makes a count, but it means nothing, Eric. This is just egotistical on your side. You're not putting anybody over here. You're just putting yourself over. Doesn't even make the NWO look good that it took three men to beat Lex Luger. Stop we, it, James. We should have stopped it. We should have stopped it after the Eddie Guerrero Mysterio match. Yeah. Damn me. Damn me. We should take all the best matches for Halloween Havoc. There's probably enough to fill a two-hour card. Take out all the fucking talking, all the Hogan references. Uh, I'll take it down to about an hour card and uh, let that be that. But no, we we do we have to continue. We, we should have quit while we was ahead. But we've we've got Randy Savage versus DDP coming up <sighs> next. So yes, up next it is Randy Savage versus DDP in a Las Vegas death match. It means last man standing. Well, these two feuded all year, and it was awesome. And by the way, Liz in a short leather skirt. Tied up NWO t-shirt. Three-inch heel, thigh-high boots is a winner in my books. Well, Paige has uh, taped his ribs, which were injured for about three years, I think. Can I just point out that it's uh, not a skirt. It is actually leather shorts. You've told me so much about this feud. Now finish it up with uh, DDP and Randy Sapp. Well, the fans wanted to see a diamond cutter come out of nowhere. The heated rivalry between DDP and Macho Man would come to an end at Halloween Havoc, October of 1997. The two bitter rivals squared off in a last man standing match that was billed as a Las Vegas sudden death match. Once again, DDP and Savage pulled out all the stops and gave each other everything they had. They battled all over the arena, through the crowd and even used the graveyard set pieces of the entrance stage against one another. Both competitors showed their resilience, answering the officials' 10 count no matter how exhausted they were, emphasising the true intensity of the rivalry. However, DDP revealed that on a personal level, he didn't feel the match at Halloween Havoc was up to, the, was up to par with the duo's previous meetings. To be honest, that was my least favourite match of the series, Paige explained. I don't think a last man standing match was right for us. The way everything had gone up to that point, the fat diamond cutter come out of nowhere or a flying elbow drop to seal the deal, not waiting for one of us to answer a 10 count. The battle and ultimately the rivalry ended when DDP rolled out of the ring and Savage distracted the referee. This allowed Hogan dressed as Sting to attack Page with a baseball bat and prevent DDP from answering a 10 count. In the end, my rivalry with Macho was over. But Hogan's attack gave me reason to go after him, Paige explained. The rivalry made me. The passionate rivalry between DDP and Savage was undoubtedly one of WCW's most intense and one of the most memorable in sports entertainment history. For the former WCW champion, his battles with Macho Man, Savage, are legendary. Uh, So there we go. We've seen these two men throughout the whole year fighting each other and it finally comes to an end here tonight and already on the outside Savage gets poked to the eye but I don't really distract him much and I tell you what as the cars progress we've seen a lot more a lot less move action haven't we <laughs> you know it's been yes it's uh, it's mainly been brawls yeah. especially where the NWO is is concerned and this would be a thing that would go on you know talk about brawls Steve Austin 
would love to brawl around Marina and all the attitude during the attitude era was a lot of fights like that, wasn't there? You know, so it wasn't until maybe later on that they started actually producing in main event matches what we've seen on the rest of the card. But I'm still looking forward to DDP Savage. We have so much, you know, why they hate each other, you know, because of you know Kimberly and the Liz being involved. It is full and it's taken the attention away from other things in a good way. You know, it's been one of these great rivalries. In history, we look at people who hate each other, and DDP Savage in 1997 was definitely one of those. But Savage hanging up DDP on that top rope. Like I said, the uh, the ribs are bandaged. They still got hurt nearly as long as D'Lo Brown wore the uh, protect- <laughs> chest protector. Rumour has it. Rumour has it. He still wears it to this day. <laughs> now Savage is back, DDP up in the corner. He's just working on him. Miss Liz cheering on. Her macho king. I'm going to get you, and I'm going to break you. Oh, but now DDP fighting back. He turns Macho Man over to the corner. Now he's just combination after combination. Well, lefts and rights, working the ribs and then working over the back of him. He's a man possessed. Well, you know, like I said, a whole year. But Macho Man has been playing games with DDP and this is where DDP finally wants it to end. Wants to put Savage away. But DDP runs into a big boot from Savage. Who tries coming out of the corner with a clothesline, but both men take each other down. And now both men up with DDP. Oh, lovely swinging net breaker there by Page. Well, this has definitely got the fans' attention now. DDP, oh, looking for a diamond cutter, but Savage wise to it, pushes DDP into the corner and backs out of dodge. Well, we see asked how much of an impact you know Savage had in wrestling, animal. Oh, DDP jumping over the top there and crossbody and Savage out. But landing awkwardly on that barricade, I believe. And we talk about the impact of Savage in WCW and what it, what it had. You know, he did bring the Slim Jim connection there because he was Slim Jim in, it, in WWF. Moved over to WCW and brought that with him. And of course now Slim Jim does present WCW Halloween Havoc. And like I say, we're not getting paid by Slim Jim. But if Slim Jim are listening and they want to send us some Slim Jims, go ahead and do it, you know. Savage off the top rope to the outside with a double axe handle smash. Now, this match has picked up a bit from the previous for you. I mean, if this was after the, uh, the yeah, after the Mongo versus Wright match, then I'll be like, yeah, this pay-per-view's, yeah, this pay-per-view's all right. Well, they've got to bring us down to bring us back up again, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, taking out a security guard in the crowd. Is that Sean Michaels hidden in the, hidden in the crowd there? <laughs> and now they're in the crowd and they're trying to get control. You can't control this. DDP taking down about three fans there. Well, they're part of the crowd like the Red Sea. <coughs> I wouldn't even want to try and slap Savage in the back just in case he turned around and slap me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you know Savage could be like. Yes, he's a he's a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> and now he's choking out DDP. Is that Billy Kidman? Uh, one of the fans decided to take his T-shirt off. No, it's not. Well done, mate. Take your T-shirt off and just stare at Savage, yeah. And DDP there falling ass over t- over the barricade. Savage jumping off it and delivering a thundering blow to the back of Page. Just throwing DDP around at the moment. Look, that shirtless fan's just following him up to it. Surely there's got to be some decorum there. Don't call me Shirley. And now Savage got DDP. Oh no! Oh! Throwing him into them concrete gravestones. <laughs> Elvis's grave. Oh my god. Well, Elvis nearly got woken up there. Is that a flare? Well, whatever it says, DDP didn't like it. <laughs> Kicks it away. Oh, no, not on the concrete. Oh, oh smashes him through a concrete box. 
knocking over another gravestone there. My God, the impact of these concrete blocks. Oh, what was that? Another concrete gravestone, I think. <laughs> it's just smashed over Savage. Oh, my God, he's laying right on that concrete as well. That must hurt his back. Oh, DDP's down. Staggering all over the place. My God, there's not going to be much set for uh, for Hogan. and Oh, no, they don't need to worry about the set. They can destroy it all. It's in a cage match, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed. DDP and Savage can just stop this. Referee's counting, but Savage is going to get to his feet. Savage is up, but not for long. Yeah. A big right hand takes him down again. I think they said you can destroy everything, but don't go near that fucking skull. <laughs> don't go near the WCW logo. They're going near it, though. DDP striking down Savage. With fury and vengeance. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, I don't mind seeing a brawl around if I know these two guys hate each other, which is, is evident with their disregard. Is DDP bringing Savage back down to the ring. Liz just be standing at ringside going, it's been a bit quiet, it? <laughs> <laughs> no, she must be worried about Randy Savage. I would be. DDP was going to throw Savage into the barricade, but he manages to reverse it at the last minute, sending Paige careering into that metal rail fencing. Now Savage is going to use DDP again. Oh, Ooh, now throws him into the steel steps. Again, throwing him shoulder first into the stairs. Paige is in a lot of trouble now. Will he manage to answer the referee's 10 count? I don't know if he can. Like I said, Savage is just there. Because DDP, even to get to his feet. What is that black square-shaped thing, though? Is that the tag team uh, stand-on? No, it's the, where the camera stands. That's Savage now beating down DDP, sending him back in the ring. <laughs> get out of the way. He doesn't like cameraman. Uh-oh. Well, he certainly doesn't like that cameraman. And I told you, Savage is crazy. No one's safe around him. He's got the camera. He's going to get an up-close shot of Paige. Well, Savage now directing his own fight. No! Oh! Oh, but Paige managing to get the feet up, destroying the camera and sending soaps. Well, that camera cannot be used anymore. There you go. That's a $20,000 camera. But anything goes in this match. And now the referee's counting to see who can get up first. Liz, oh! Smashing a glass plate over the head of the referee. <laughs> wow. Oh, and now she's attacking Paige. Fair play, Liz. And now she's got the cable. <laughs> Choking him out. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Liz has to do this. Kimberly, come on, come and save your man. I don't think she... Oh! Here we go! Is that her thong sticking right up out the back there? No. She's an early days leader. It's Kimberly. Kimberly's got Liz. Well, she's escorting her away from ringside. This is going to be a fair fight now. Referee say, come on. You've got to stop this. Kimberly's like, don't go fucking with me. She's going to take her to the woodshed. Look at this. Just dragging her backstage. Referee's being attended to by a medic and another referee's out here to take over control of the match. Uh, so far, the count is one cameraman, and, well, one camera and one referee, both. Um, Kimberly and Liz have come and gone now, so it is just one-on-one. On one. Savage finally gets to his feet. Paige. <laughs> He's looking for someone. Oh! Paige is pissed off now. And DDP finally gets some momentum. Oh. oh, inverted atomic drop, kick to the midsection. Nearly a stalls clash. <laughs> it was, yeah. Face first into the mat goes Savage. And now DDP is going to call for it. 
Did he catch it? No, I think and Savage. Savage held on to the top rope. Yeah. That saved Savage in the end. DDP went down. And now Randy Savage. I, I don't know if he can regain his bearings in this one. And look at Savage. He's all over it. <laughs> can he finally get to the top? Ooh. Oh, oh, wow. Manages to drop a half-assed elbow off the top. <laughs> Picking off bits of glass out of Paige's back. Well, a falling elbow there by Savage. Will that be enough? No, it wasn't so much the diving elbow, was it? It was certainly a falling elbow. <laughs> well, that's how much punishment, that's how much punishment Savage has suffered in this one. Can barely hit his finishing move. But he's up to his feet. Referee's still counting Paige. I'm not sure what number the referee's up to. Savage up at five. DDP still down. Nine. And DDP's Never. been hit by two elbow drops. And somehow has got back up. I don't know how he's managing to do it. Oh, Savage knee first. Sending him into the turnbuckle. Oh! DDP with a diamond cutter. Yeah, but he kicked the referee in the face when he was turning it round. Referee should be counting at the moment. To his credit, the referee's cut up quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, to be I thought he was going to be down a lot longer. Now he's checking, making sure both men are down. Seven. Well, counts to seven. Looks like DDP and Savage are going to both break the count. DDP now looking at Savage again. Oh. Well, DDP was looking for another diamond cutter, but Savage turned it around and delivered a low blow of his own, sending Paige careering out the ring. That's one way to reverse a diamond cutter. <laughs> it is. Anything goes, man. Exactly, but Savage has got hold of the referee... Sting. Oh, my God. Sting's come out here. We said we might see him here tonight. He's got a baseball bat. Oh, hitting Paige across the chest and walking out. And what is Sting doing? What has Sting done that for? I thought he was against the NWO. Uh, Maybe he's in cahoots with the NWO and Randy Savage. Well, he is wearing black and white face paint, hey? (laughs) Referee checking on Savage has no idea. What Sting just did. Anything goes full count anywhere, Matt, so it doesn't matter if you saw it or not. But still, it's not fair. Well, I know it's not Flair. We think it might be Hogan, Woo! but we don't know. And DDP can't get up. Savage barely able to get up himself, though. Well, Savage up at eight. Nine. Nine. Oh. Ten. And Paige is out, thanks to an assist from Sting. Oh my god, and what a weak finish that was after everything we've seen in Savage of DDP. But I think the match is definitely better than what we've seen recently, isn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. It's certainly bringing the pace up a bit. Brilliant match between these two. Both men put it all on the line. And yeah, you know, you can't really fault them. It can't. I mean, even though, like you said, DDP didn't really like the match, it was a lot better than what we've seen. And uh, just the intensity of both men, it feels like they've both been in a war as well, haven't they? So. I think it worked quite well. I think the finish was a little bit uh, let down. I wouldn't mind just seeing like a proper decisive winner. But Savage just walk out in the NWO win yet again here. As now we've only got, I think, one match left and that will be our main event. <sighs> and he punches the referee square hey. on the forehead. Gets the paramedic, takes him out, kicks Paige in the head for good measure. Yeah, He's on a cook fueled rage. <laughs> Kick a man whilst he's down. That is Savage's motto. He does it here. But it's good to see Randy Savage yes again. We'll see what um, the rest of 97 and into 98 holds for him. Of course, DDP as well. And Savage might be going back for more. I don't know where I am. 
Now, this is a sad sight, seeing DDP getting stretched off. And what a shame. He he had the match won had he not kicked ref. In fair. Yeah, I know. But we'll see what happens. And DDP, well, oh, there, there we go. go. Oh, and uh, got him on there. Yep. Savage needs to come down and push him off the stretcher. Push the stretcher into the ring. Oh. <laughs> hey, here comes Savage. And he's not finished yet. And he's got DDP. They're not face. They're still winning. Yeah, they're trying to get him out of here. We are one match left, Dan. And what a match it's going to be. Steel Cage match. Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, Mega Cage main event and Michael Buffer. For the millions at home. <laughs> and the thousands here in attendance. Let's get ready to suck it. How do you know it's a big match? Well, we've been talking about it all night. <laughs> Michael Buffer's here. And we're getting the WCW version of Strange Music, Cage Music. As Hulk Hogan is making his way out here right now. Or is he? We just don't know. It's an ironclad contract, but will he accept it? Is this still Cage lowering? Yes. It is. It's the ominous NWO Cage lowering <laughs> music. Well, this is going to be frightening in this match. The Cage coming down. And here comes Hollywood. Well... Gentlemen, I don't see NWA members. Did they fix that, or is it just... Put some gravestones back up there, I do believe. Yeah, I think they've tidied it up a little bit. That seems nice, doesn't it? Togan's coming out here by himself to face Roddy Piper, a match they were having 10 years previously. Well, Hogan is world champion, but he's not coming out here with the title belt. But he does rip his T-shirt, and back when the day the fans would cheer when he does the Hulk pose, they hate him now. Here comes Roddy Piper, see what reaction he gets. Well, here comes the icon of WCW, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And uh, Piper's the belt, but he isn't the champion. This is a non-title and in a cage because this match is supposed to draw money in 1997. Well, this is more like the cell with no top and with big spaces in the walls shaped like squares. Think the blue cage, but with squares big enough to pass a crack baby through. And by crack baby, I mean Natalia. No word on what you do to win, but it's implied Piper can win with the sleeper. There's no way, to, you can't submit, you can't pin them. We don't know how this will end, Dan, basically. This match could go on for the next six days. It could do indeed. But, you know, I don't get Piper. He comes out to Scottish music. He wears a kilt, but he's not Scottish. No, he's Canadian, but he's one of the most famous Scottish wrestlers of all time. <laughs> he's the greatest <laughs> Scottish wrestler of all time. And Hogan being furious at the fact that Paige is lifting his title in the middle of the ring. That is the NWO WCW World Heavyweight Championship title belt. And Piper, like I said, spitting in Hogan's face. But Hogan has been spitting in the face of WCW since the NWO arrived. Well, Piper, he likes to chew gum. And kicks some ass. But James, he's all out of chewing gum. There we go. Kilt wearer, bandana wearer. Oh, and like you said, Piper just threw his gum at Hogan. The door locked. No way to get out. Even Unless I get through them massive fucking squares. I couldn't get through those squares. <clears throat> and it's a high cage. Do you climb over it? Is it escape from the cage? Is it a pinfall victory? Is it a submission victory? We just don't know. We don't know. We're going to wing it. Exactly. Is what WCW did at the time as Piper now chasing Hogan around the cage. Hogan looks set to climb it, but he gets caught by Piper, who whips him like a 
something Hogan doesn't like. And now he's <laughs> biping his buttocks. Oh my God, Hogan's buttocks are being attacked. Piper climbed all the way up. Hogan must have fallen at least two feet there. Right, hey. the Hogan's been... Well, Hogan's strength has been removed along with that bandana. Oh, my God. And the shine coming off the top of his head. <laughs> it's actually put me off at the moment, but I won't be distracted. Piper, oh! oh bite in the back of Hogan. <laughs> oh, I wonder what that tastes like. Actually, I don't want to know. I'd probably fear it Tastes like racism. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And a Hogan... Oh, my word. He's biting the top of his big, bald head. <laughs> well, there's a big target to bite on. And Hogan gets sent into the apron. He's getting his butt handed to him right now. Excuse my language. No, I'm not excusing that. That is... James, this is a family show. Don't fucking swear I'm again, sorry. you little cunt. I'm sorry. And poke to the eye. Piper to Hogan. I thought he was going to go bite him again, but he's decided not to. I uh, the last four or five matches have been apart. No, Savage and DDP was alright. Apart from that, it felt like like nineteen eighties wrestling. This is nineteen seventies. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is what Piper and Hogan were doing, and this is the main event of a pay per view twenty years ago, and D- WWE still couldn't win when it had Hen Cell, Michaels versus Undertaker, and it still the wasn't match that wouldn't go on to be greater until nearly twenty years later from that. Unbelievable. But Hogan now is going to go on the outside. Run away. Run away, Hogan. There's nowhere to go. Well, he's got no NWO back up in the ring with him today. And a nasty... Like, there isn't a referee in there either, is there? No, it's not. He's on the outside. Referee's on the outside saying, do you want to quit? <laughs> I mean, at least we're having the match. Hogan didn't want it. Maybe I can see why now. Piper's definitely got his number. Oh, and now test of strength. Now test of strength. Who goes into the side of the cage? Both men blocking each other, and uh, I think eventually Piper's head goes into the cage. And now Hogan saying, open the door. Michael Buffer's there thinking, I'm close to the action. Am I ready? Let's get ready to get out of the way in case they come up the cage. Oh, no, the door is open. Yeah, door's open, and here comes Hogan, and he's going to get out. Piper was looking to do all right, but now he's gone the outside. Got that cage door slammed right in his head. And they're both outside, but no escape. This is like a Punjabi prison match, isn't it? <clears throat> and again, you can see how metal the metal doors are. Three shots to the... Four door shots to the face. Piper's not even selling it. Oh, oh no. Oh! Piper gets dropped testicle first onto the barricade and a big backhand sending him off it. Hogan's saying, that's it. He's going to go home. Make sure Bischoff gives him a rub down later. And that is it. Piper holding his nuts. Well, I'm sure he's going to be singing soprano. Oh, but it looks like Hogan's just met a ghost. (gasps) No, it's Sting. Oh, my God, it's Sting. Sting is here. Well, it's the second time we've seen him today after he's uh, beaten Paige with that baseball bat in his hand. Well, not only that, and now he's looking to help out Piper. So what side is he really on? Well, on the wrong side of the cage at the moment. Hogan going into the side of it. And now they're going to get back in for no reason, really. Oh, hang on a minute. Ah, there you go. And, Paige, uh, Paige, and Piper getting some revenge with that cage door. And Sting walking slowly to the ring. Piper bringing him in. Make sure that door is padlocked shut. There you go, no one can get in there now. Piper looking to put Hogan away. 
both been in the ring. Uh, oh, fucking hell, mate. Hogan stumbles out of it. Don't know if that was luck or judgment. Piper going after him. Both men are already very well spent <laughs> in this match. Either that or they're over the hill. And Hogan, no. Climbing the cage. Well, Piper's kind of climbing it in a diagonal fashion, going upwards and towards Hogan. Hogan's just going up. Oh, you're both very high up. You fall off here, you can break a hip. <laughs> and Hogan sending Piper. No, there we go. Piper sending Savage down. Oh, wait a minute. Two sting. Why is there two stings for? I'm confused. Which one's a real sting? With a real sting, Shady, please stand up. Well, Piper's up. He's up the cage. He's up cage, Mother Brown. And Hogan's after him. Which oh. one of these is going to do a senton off the top <laughs> yeah. there? Oh, but Piper's hanging for dear life. Oh. He must be 20 feet in the air. He must be at least two feet up now. And Hogan's all the way down. My God, Piper went. Piper oh. must have fallen at least three feet there. Hogan's busted open. Oh, no. He's bleeding. Well, it's a cold, hard steel cage. Hogan responds with huge right hands. Throws him into the ring. Uh, Hogan fishing about in his trunks for something. Oh, what's he got? Something cheesy. He's got his white, tanned, old cock. Leathery just undoing his belt. And this is what he likes to do to people he doesn't like. He's whipping Rowdy Roddy Piper. Whipping. <laughs> and now choking him out with the boot in the corner. Hogan has taken complete control of this. Oh, big right hand there. Straight between the eyes of Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, I said we weren't going to watch any scary matches, but I think these matches are trying to compete to last year. Do you know what I mean? They really are. Well, I, I did have written down here, last year we done scary. This year we have had some scary, horrible matches. We have, I mean, this is reminiscent of the Savage Hogan cage match we had last year as well, where we didn't know what was going on. Hogan was that... looked, looked to be buckling his belt back up, but he's given up with that, and now he's going to try and climb over the cage, and he realises that's too far. Nope, he's gone into another corner. Yep. Hogan's finding a way out, the easier way out. I would never climb that. Look, it's only done by that one bit of wire as well. Fuck that. Hogan is at least 20 feet up now. Well, he looks to be escaping the cage. There's not a lot to do about it, but I think there's something Sting can do about it. He's pointing a baseball bat at him. He is. Saying, you. And it might be a good Sting, bad Sting. And Piper's now up. He's got Hogan. No, he's going to suplex Hogan right into the onto the Slim Ching ring post. He is. He's bringing it back. Oh, both men sitting atop the cage. Trading blows. And another sting. No. Is that three stings by my count now? Ah, ah, ah. One sting. Ah, ah, ah. Two sting. Ah, another ah, sting. Ah, four sting. This ah, is a travesting. Ah, ah. A travesty. You shouldn't say four sting. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> There's more stings than fans now. There's only 12,000 in here. We've got to get another thousand stings. Well, Hogan's climbing down the cage. Pa uh, Piper's climbing down the outside of the cage. And what is going on? I ask myself every day when I wake up, but especially in this match. Piper looking to get away. Hogan's dragging him back up the side of the cage. I think he's going to be safer in the cage than out of it. More sting? <laughs> yeah, another sting. And now, oh, Hogan with a knees to Piper's head. Vicious, but Piper fighting back. Pissed on fire there. Piper back in. And now, looking to finish off. Hollywood Hogan. And both men are sweating profusely. 
Piper trying to choke out Hogan with his own T-shirt. Hogan picks up the NWO Heavyweight Championship and belts Piper around ahead with it. Is he putting him in position for an atomic leg drop? Well, looks that way. No, Hogan. putting him in position for a bouncing his head off the mat. And this was considered proper offense back in the day. Hogan just smacking Piper's head. Well, they might not be do, do, doing flips, but come on. Oh! That's the atomic leg drop. Calling a referee into place a count. And the referee's in. Oh! Drops another leg drop. One, two. Oh! Piper managing to kick out after two leg drops. Uh, two leg drops. Couldn't get the job done. Piper up like some sort Hogan's of... Hogan's calling someone out. I Savage. Things like you let him just go by. <laughs> oh, you let him go by. Savage. I don't think Savage realizes the cage door's open. No, he doesn't. He is. He's just coked right time. No, he's not. Savage off the top of the cage. Hogan's got Piper. Oh, oh! fucking hell! Piper Savage. moves out of the way. Savage hits nothing but Matt. Gets thrown out of the ring after that horrific landing. Oh, Piper lays the sleeper onto Hogan. This is it. This is over. Piper's finisher. He's got Hogan. This is going to be it. Referee's checking. One, One. drop. Two, Two. drop. Three. Three drops. Piper's won the match. Oh, and Savage coming in afterwards. And oh my God, Randy Savage now beating up Piper and Bischoff pushing a sting out of the way. Why is he pushing sting? Gets sent out of the ring. Bischoff in there now. Wait, is he going to take Piper out single-handedly? We're just checking on Hogan. And one Sting's got Savage, it looks like. What are the other Stings doing? Hogan hits Piper on the back with the steel, uh, with the ring belt. Oh, wait a minute. The mask fell off. That wasn't Sting. Sends him out, and now it's a three-on-one beatdown. Oh, Bischoff has got some handcuffs. The match is over. Piper has won the match, but... It looks like he's losing this war. And now they're handcuffing him to the cage. And oh my God, Hogan is a sick individual. Just cuffing Piper. And oh, they've got handcuffs on the other hand. So they're basically crucifying him here. And Piper's in serious trouble. Savage and Hogan working together to beat down Roddy Piper. And Bischoff there <sighs> just smirking. No, he's just got a grin on his face. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. And Hogan, oh, he's got the sting mask. He's got the sting mask and he's got the belt and this is the actual fan. An actual fan has come in now and trying to climb over the top. This is an actual fan that we're seeing now. He's not part of this match. Not at all. I don't know why we're focusing for. He's nothing to do with it. The fake sting just tries to stop him, you see, because he's nothing to do in this match. He's just a fan. But the camera's on him instead of Bischoff beating up. That's more interesting than the actual beating. That and Savage and Hogan have spotted this. Yep. And Hogan, there you go. Just punch him in the face. Well, I said I. Oh, fucking hell! I said I wanted a knife edge chop off Flair, but I think a beat down from Savage and Hogan would do me better. Yeah, ref- the security guards in there saying this should be allowed, but I think Hogan and Savage. I'll actually just punch him in the face. <laughs> well, like, no, this-, this is an actual fan. Nothing to do. And uh, he probably made a wrong mistake when he jumped in. And uh, they're just beating him down at the moment. And now uh, the security's in. 
How many security guards and wrestlers does it take to get a fucking fan out? Uh, it took four of them at the moment, but instead of uh, just trying to arrest him. And uh, yes, Roddy Piper is still handcuffed to the cage. Anybody cares? Uh, but they're more interested in what the fan's doing yeah. because he's actually put on the best performance in this match. And now the fan has come in. He's got a few punches to the face. Well, that's an interesting story to tell the grandkids. Exactly, yeah. I jumped into WCW Halloween Havoc and got the shit kicked out of me. And that is literally how they end the pay-per-view as well, Dad. Thoughts on that? Well, as you said, last year we done scary matches. This was just horrific. <laughs> if, if, if you sum up a pay-per-view by its ending, it does it perfectly. Uh, to have that as the finish of the card... It's like, what? You maybe expect Sting to come out and help or what's something like this, but no. A fan like... with Sting face paint on <laughs> is just as good as Sting. Right. So, but I'll tell you something, even though it was hard to watch after a while, it was worthwhile because of just the one match. Uh, but we'll go back and, and talk about them. We had nine matches on this pay-per-view. Uh, right. Was it only nine? Only it nine. Like 50. So the first match, Nagata versus Dragon. Thoughts on that, Dan? I thought it was a great match. Yeah. Uh, definitely ahead of its time. Both men, well, I'd say both men done well, but it wasn't. It was Ultimo Dragon put on a brilliant performance. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, unfortunate that it's... Yeah, I gave that three and a half out of five. I thought that was quite a good way to, to open it up. But Nagata was a little bit better than I, I gave him credit for. Uh, next match, Gado versus Jericho. Again, you know, another great match. Definitely ahead of its time. Brilliant to see young Chris Jericho in action. Um, you know, and it, and it just goes to show that he hasn't lost a beat when he was wrestling this year. Yeah, no, I gave that three and a half out of five. I thought that matched the opening one. Uh, and even though they did fuck up, you know, off the top rope, it's still good to see Jericho. Right, number three, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely fucking amazing match. <laughs> That was brilliant. One of the greatest matches we've ever watched, I will say that. Yeah. It, it was spot on. Five out of five for me. I'm not, yeah. not going to fuck about. Uh, right, afterwards, unfortunately, it went downhill <laughs> quick after that. McMichael versus Alex Wright. Awful. Yeah, terrible. Two out of five, I gave that. Jacqueline versus Disco Inferno. Minus three out of five. I gave that, that w- <laughs> worse than awful. I gave that one and a half out of five. And then Luger versus Scott Hall. No, we had Ric Flair. Versus oh, sorry, yeah, Ric Flair versus Kurt Henning. That wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't great. No, uh, it wasn't awful. I mean, I gave that two and a half out of five. Yeah. Uh, then it was Luger versus Scott Hall. Um, that that was terrible as well. Really, you yeah. know, it wasn't wasn't the greatest of matches. No, I mean, it confused ending. Rather than having a clean finish, they had to bring back to lose, and then didn't really lose. So that was awful. Two out of five. DDP versus Savage. That wasn't a bad match. That was quite good, you know, the the taking it around the arena, uh, destroying the set. That was good as well. Yeah, it was, it was quite an impressive match. Yeah, I, I gave that three and a half out of five. I think that matched the opening two matches, you know, Gator Jericho and I got a dragon. Uh, I think it could have been a bit better, but, you know, unfortunately it didn't. And Hogan versus Piper. <sighs> I think it was terrible. It, it, you know, when they build up a match throughout the entire card, 
only for it to be awful. And, you know, the highlight of that match is when that fan interfered and got beaten up. Well, that's why I gave it three out of five, because there's not many matches you can watch a fan get beaten up. In football over here in the UK, when a, a streak or someone runs onto the pitch, they never show it, do they? No. And to literally focus on it, it made you think, Oh shit, is that Sting's son come out of him out? And no, it wasn't. It was just him getting beaten up. And it's not the first time we've seen fans interfering in WWE matches, you know. Uh, and also, the other thing they used to do, though, throwing cups and rubbish into the ring. It's just, you know, security is a lot better uh, nowadays, unless you're bringing a beach ball in, I suppose. But anyway, that was it. So, what is your. We'll give it quickly. So what do you think of the setting? What do you think of the... Uh... I thought the setting was great. It was perfect for the event. It was, you know, Halloween Havoc with the gravestones set up and the massive skull on there. Um, the only thing that I didn't like was the over-promotion of Slim Jims. <laughs> yeah, that was... So out of five, what would you give that? Uh, I'd give that a four. <laughs> four out of five. What about the roster? What do you think of the, the roster? Well, you know, for the majority of it, with the big names... I'd give that a four out of five as well. You know, there was a few outsiders there from the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, you know, aside from a, a couple of names, Alex Wright, McMichael, uh, Inferno and Jacqueline, I thought, you know, the whole talent was a great talent. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I go at four out of five. The matches on the show, we won't give a ranking of the paper yet, just the matches that um, we saw. The matches, again, you know, there was... Some amazing matches and matches, so it's going to have to be a middle of the road free for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I've gone for as well. Uh, the promos and the build-ups to each of the matches, what do you think? One, two at most, one and a half. I gave that, yeah, two. Like, we saw the extended Hogan one, we saw the extended Savage one, but there was no proper build-up to actually explain no. what it was. And even the opening promo wasn't very good. Okay, so rating the event out of uh, ten, as we always do, which ranking of Halloween Havoc? Um, a seven and a half, and that is only that high because of the Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero match. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. That match itself is worth the price of admission. Put yourself through three hours of stuff. Luckily, it's only the I know now with technology you can skip through it and watch it by itself. Yeah, but even if you're watching the pay per view, it's only like the you know, like I say, it's the third match in, so I don't know if you know it. If I was there, I wouldn't care if I left after that match and then you know I'd watch the pay-per-view at home and think thank fuck I escaped that yeah. aside from the fan jumping in I don't think there's anything exciting to happen in the last two hours of that pay-per-view <laughs> no, no there wasn't there wasn't okay so seeing as it is Halloween we'll move on to just thank a little special before we leave for Halloween what we're going to do we're going to talk about three scary strange stories ready for the controversial characters part two that is our next episode WNR129 Controversial Cats Part 2 has been a long time. We've got three stories now just to warm everybody up. So wrestlers live in a near-constant state of violence, but most of them refrain from it when they're driving. Not Sting and the Steiner Brothers. They had a reputation for an act so dangerous, truly ridiculous, anyone lived through it, including bystanders. Let us explain. Well, the story goes that if Sting and the Steiners saw another car of wrestlers on the highway, they would speed close to them. When close enough, Scott Steiner would Rick by the leg and ankle and dangle him out of the car. Then while whipping through the air at 70 mile an hour, Rick would open the, car, the other car's door and grab the nearest terrified occupant. It was crazy merely for the sake of crazy. An interpretive dance about a contempt for danger is almost like calling death a pussy for not doing anything about it. An activity 
only useful for testing the amount of shit pants can hold. <laughs> well, wrestle one another because 20 minutes in the ring together would give them more time to plan pure terror. If you saw this coming and were guaranteed that the first person did not, it's an easily avoidable prank, right? You simply lock the door. Well, that's exactly what Paul Heyman did in 1989 when he was driving the Samoan SWAT team of Samu and Fatu to the next show and they saw Sting coming. Rick Steiner hung out the window, taunting death and sense, and tried in vain to open Paul's car door. When he found it locked, he pounded mad with dissatisfaction. Since the classic almost shank you out of the goddamn Clark car plank failed, Sting went to Highway Antics Plan B, Road Warrior Rampage. He pulled in front of Heyman's car, and keep in mind that he was driving the car, switched seats with Scott Steiner, he and the... <laughs> He and Rick then proceeded to throw every loose object they could at Paul's car, starting watermelon. Paul and the Simone Swap team survived the attack but vowed revenge. They stopped at a gas station to buy everything throwable they could. It was probably obvious to the clerk that those men were burying objects for criminal activity and not refreshment. But when you have two 400-pound Polynesians that are demanding your most explodable, hurlable objects, it's no time. At this point, you might be picturing them laughing and having fun. A group of guys about to prank their pals. Well, it should be mentioned that before they got back on the road, Samu and Fatu carved SST into their hands with a knife. This was not a revenge prank. It was a blood, but it was a blood oath. Well, they probably concluded this war dance by setting one another on fire and laughing about it. But when they found Sting's car again, the battle then ensued throughout the apocalypse liner. These gigantic men waged a no-holds-barred debris match from a speeding rental cars. And speaking of, when Paul Heyman finally returned his car to the rental place, they were pissed. There was so much damage they declared it totaled. And to this day, he's blacklisted for renting a car in the state of North Carolina. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, an interesting first story. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, we've uh, I've travelled along roads with work colleagues. And we, uh, well, one of my workmates was coming behind me, flashing his lights, bibbing his horn. You know, just simple yeah. stuff as you do. And I responded by flicking my fag out and it landed on his windscreen and it had burnt one of his oh, windscreen wipers. But it's not exactly a massive hurlable object. No, no, it's not a watermelon, is it? Yeah. Well, anyway, next one. Perry Saturn, the human dildo rocket. <laughs> <laughs> that one just says it all. <laughs> right, moving on. No. Pro Saturn has performed for every big name wrestling company in the last 20 years, including Extreme Championship Wrestling, World Championship Wrestling and the WWE. He also happens to be one of the single most insane individuals who has ever lived, period. After Mike Tyson started raising, somebody had to save that tattoo's reputation. While stuck in a hotel and being in Perry's own world, as stupid as he was bored, he got the idea to hire strippers with fellow wrestler Raven. This idea naturally evolved into the idea of putting things into those strippers. But it's how Perry Saturn puts things into strippers that makes him uniquely deranged. Perry, he claims, set up a slip and slide in the hallway of the hotel and wet it down with a hose attached to a sink. At one end of it, a stripper sat noodly with her legs open. At the other end of it, Perry wrapped a strap-on dildo around his head and laid down. While the stripper's birth canal said its final farewells, Raven pushed Perry along the slide as hard as he could. Well, thankfully he chose a dildo instead of his old friend Moppy, so that's really good. 
Yeah, pay Saturn. Well, those old wrestling stories. <laughs> I won't think. I don't think we're going to see that on WWE Storytime anytime soon. <laughs> anyway, up next, nice light one. WWE legends wreck your car, get tased, get arrested. Dan, <laughs> sounds nice and light. The one thing we can say about this legendary night involving Cowboy Bob Orton, the magnificent Don Morocco, and Rowdy Roddy Piper is that it could have turned out much, much worse. It was 1986 in Fresno, California, and the night started like most did, with world-class alcohol abuse. They pounded drinks until 3am when they got the idea to go find more drink. They stopped at a liquor store where Piper started a fight. They were asked to leave and they did so, drunkenly. Even more drunkenly, they drove away. Almost immediately, they careened off the road and got stuck on some railroad tracks. As if an educational film meant to prevent this exact sort of occurrence. Well, from that day on, Piper sensibly stuck to drinking on a job instead of being behind the wheel. Being both very strong and very hammered, Piper and Rocco decided to get out and lift the car over the tracks while Cowboy Bob drove it free. It didn't work because that would be insane. (laughs) And the gods of drinking stores were not done with our heroes. As the two wrestlers struggled to lift a card filled with luggage and Bob Orton, they heard a train coming. Awesome, they all thought drunk, stepped back to watch their car get obliterated by a speeding train. Sadly, it was another set of tracks and missed the car entirely. Shit. Well, deciding maybe that was a sign they should call it a night, the gentlemen took a cab back to their hotel, where they found the police waiting for them. Cowboy Bob snuck around them and back into his room while they questioned Piper and Morocco. Then he hatched a brilliant plan. He got naked, locked himself out of a room and started yelling like a madman. The police, trained but almost certainly not prepared for this, approached the strange nude man. Cowboy Bob challenged them to a fight, which they accepted using the unspoken language of a taser. (laughs) So this is Randy Orton's father. This is what he's up to. Well, the incredible part isn't really so much that he got drunk and locked himself out of his room, nor is the part where he got tased. No, the incredible part is that they had to tase him a second time because Bob Orton was 250 pounds of taser. One taser is what he used to unwind. <laughs> <laughs> there was three stories, everybody preparing us for controversial characters. Right, so before we go, don't forget, our next episode is one that people have been waiting for since episode 16. It is, Dan, what episode? controversial characters it is controversial characters we're going to talk about the most controversial moments and people in wrestling history part two and i tell you what we have got some great names not going to spoil anything but make sure you listen to that one and then next next time we're in uh, 1997 with ww versus ww it will be survivor series 1997 i don't think anything happens on that show does it i think no it's it's almost as boring as halloween havoc 97 apart from there's no fans getting involved (laughs) i don't i don't think there's anything oh that's right the montreal screw job which we'll cover 20 years since that very moment and we'll have a in-depth look at it uh and yeah and then of course next time we're at wcw will be in December, where we'll be watching Starcade 97, WCW's equivalent of WrestleMania, where, where we promise to see the end of the Hogan Sting feud, maybe. <laughs> but that's it. So what do you think? Um, well, you know, it, it's, it's, there's certainly been a few scary matches on the card, but on the whole, you know, it was it was a good few matches to watch, even for, you know, 
the early part of the card and the Savage Page matches, you know, it was worth watching just for them. Yeah, I think it was. It's uh, something that we never have to watch again. Of course, we'll probably re-watch Mysterio versus Guerrero. But that is it. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins and we've also got a friend on Twitter. We have indeed, yes. It's mini Chris Benoit and he's just trying to make the world a better place, uploading pictures of what he does when he joins James and myself at work. And he is at mini Chris Benoit. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review. Or you can come and find a friend, I am Vince McDan. Well, across all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review, Google Plus, send us an email to WNRpodcast at gmail.com. And also on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast, or watch the latest clips on there. And the podcast got at the same time. They do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. And also on Spreaker Radio. We've got the live shows coming in November. Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But I have been James Rollins and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye.